Welcome everyone to Davos Fingers coverage of House of the Dragon. This is episode 131, We Light the Way. I am Scatty, and with me as always is my buddy Matt. Hello, meus amigos. There's a little Portuguese for you. Uh, We're happy to be back, continuing our coverage of HBO's House of the Dragon. We're doing this on a weekly basis, of course, based on George R.R. Martin's book, Fire and Blood. Today we're talking... Episode five of House of the Dragon, We Light the Way. Yeah, if you've been paying attention, we've been releasing these episodes once a week. That's uh, every Friday morning. We'll send them out to you. Hopefully give you enough time to digest what happened in the previous week's episode, as well as uh, get you prepped for the upcoming week's episode, just like two days away. Uh, if you, We are keeping it spoiler-free, but if you've read the book or you just don't care about spoilers, we do have a spoilerific segment after the main cast called Dragons After Dark, where we'll talk with book spoilers and predict what we think might happen in that upcoming episode. Yep. So you can check out these episodes on your favorite podcast provider or on YouTube. Uh, And if you want to chat, send us a raven. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at at Davos Fingers on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Our Gmail is uh, wearedavosfingers at gmail.com. And uh, you can check out, let's see, our YouTube channel. And also we're at patreon.com slash Davos Fingers, which is frozen for the moment. But we love to hear from you. We heard from uh, Caitlin this week, right? We did. An our, old friend. We do remember going companion. to breakfast with you and Richard Absolutely. and your friends when you're in town. So it's always uh, warmed my heart to see that. It's always fantastic. Absolutely. We've heard from a few people as, as uh, the House of the Dragon coverage has picked up. It's been great to hear from everyone. Uh, and also, if some of these takes sound familiar we have covered most a lot of this material house of the dragon is hewing pretty closely to fire and blood in most cases uh and if you're interested in in hearing that coverage of fire and blood you can you can check out our Davos fingers episodes 82 and 83 that will line up uh with most of the content in this episode not perfectly but pretty close and as timelines you know timelines are differing a little bit uh in the in the show than they did in the book but uh you know, so if you listen to that, beware, you'll get, you, you, you will get some spoilers for the show if you listen to those episodes. But if you're interested in the Fire and Blood coverage, give it a listen. Absolutely. Oh, Scat, did you see my movies hat? I love your movies hat. Yeah. In celebration of Clerks 3. Clerks 3. And uh, I did see that uh, Kevbo is coming. Yeah, they're to uh, Fanex here in Salt Lake. In, like, they're probably here. Tomorrow. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like this it, weekend. It, it kicked off today, I think. Yeah, I don't know when their stuff is, but bad timing for me. I'm not gonna be able to go, but word, yeah. word. <sighs> Thanks, brother anyway. Blood Rider Lindsay. She pointed me to this hat, and it is now mine. It sits upon my scalp. <laughs> uh, let's you, buddy. let's dive into this thing, huh? Let's do it. So Can we start with a hunting accident. Apparently. Whoops! Whoops! An accident. Oopsies. Fire and Blood says, Lady, Lady Rhea Royce fell from her horse whilst hawking and cracked her skull upon a stone. This, of course, being Damon Targaryen's wife uh, of House Royce, who he didn't have a very high opinion of. No, he calls her the bronze bitch. Most, I mean, that's how they, on the show, that's pretty much how you know of her, I think. I mean, seems right. like they use that phrase more than her actual name. Um, and, uh, also printed in you know translation from valerian as that's usually when you would say it but um 
Yeah, and you know, the most interesting thing about this scene to me is she was privy to some information about Damon's existence in King's Landing. She was she had an informant giving her information. Right. Uh, she drops a line about the sheep being prettier. Uh, that's something that Damon said in a council meeting um, to the alarm of <laughs> several of the council members. Uh, and also she kind of makes a impotence sex joke as well uh, at his expense before he expires her with a rock. Mm -hmm. um, so she was, she was getting, she's, she's connected. She's sharp. She was right. getting information about Damon from King's Landing from somebody. Right. I remember in episode one, Otto Hightower was writing letters and we didn't know to whom. Yeah. I wondered if maybe him. Um, yeah. But, it feels like Otto's the obvious culprit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, Damon has no shortage of enemies on the council. So it could have been Melos. It could have been any number of people. Um, in the book, Damon is in the Stepstones during when Rhea dies, says struggling to defend his meager kingdom against the men of the triarchy. Uh, so it would be difficult for him to have been the killer but that doesn't mean he couldn't have sent somebody to do the deed for him. Maybe sent an assassin. Uh, I think the fact that they're bringing it up in the book seems very clear to me that she didn't have a hunting accident, that she died. It's always, it always felt suspicious. And, you know, Damon does have means of pretty quick travel uh, via Caraxes. Uh, That's true. And reasonably secret, right? I mean, you can kind of slip away um just himself and not alarm anyone and just kind of take care of it and come back sure easily. sure yeah the dragon's kind of big yeah yeah you yeah. have He's... to keep him from being spotted but uh well, yes and no it's like ah, i went for a flight what do you care you yeah. know yeah mm -hmm. i was patrolling or i you know whatever um man her First of all, how great to see a character like that on screen. Yeah. A character who has really one line devoted to her in the book, and we get a good three or four minutes of her, and she was great. She was great. The actress did a great job. Uh, you know, she's also, she's a bit prickly, you know, like she was even mean to the uh, Gerald. Uh, we'll, meet, we'll get his name later, but she's even mean, kind of just not mean, but just kind of like, nah, I'll do it alone, nah. Yeah, I put, I actually, my note was, she's kind of cold-ish to her cousin, not yes. mean. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, but you can see, like, they, you know, I can see Damon just not having any patience for it and, and forming the opinion that he doesn't like her very quickly. Right. And if things didn't go well on their wedding night, I can see her being the type to be, like, Totally. Oh, she's it over in. it, too. She's, yeah. She has no, she won't suffer him either. Yeah. Yeah, right. And mutual. that pisses him off even more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe get to know the people you're going to marry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I wonder if things might have been okay, but then he had the mishap on his wedding night, and everything just spiraled from there. Yeah. I don't have much more on that scene. Uh, do you? Uh what was he doing with the horse? I, I didn't quite understand yeah. the first time watching it. He kind of just I, it, was able it, it, to get right up in the horse's face. I don't know horses well enough to know how to spook them to that degree. 
I'm personally convinced that he meant harm to Rhea, but sure. Uh, the way it's filmed leaves enough doubt that it's like, oh, well, the horse spooked, and maybe he was even trying to bring it down, but he just right. kind of, seems like he just kind of helped push it over, right? And the you know, horses are heavy. That's not somewhere I'd want to be, like underneath, if it comes back, decides to come back down, right? But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was a, it's a little weirdly shot, yeah. It's definitely weirdly shot. And he couldn't have had the idea of like, I'm going to push the horse just so that she will fall and break her back and be paralyzed. You think he just went into this thinking kind of like how he went into uh, the Stepstones single-handedly of just, I'll get there and I'll figure it out when I get there kind of thing. Seems like it. Yeah. Like he just kind of, he puts himself in the situation and then makes the best of it and makes Makes the best choice. It. Like, had, yeah. had he not had a chance, and she stopped fifty yards shorter and just drawn her bow immediately, maybe he'd have done something else, mm-hmm. right? And just threatened her or something else, right? But the situation presented itself, and he took it, right? Yeah. Uh, another scene where Matt Smith doesn't say a word, completely lineless, hmm. and pulls it That's off, true. just like he does. He doesn't speak in this episode until Gerald approaches him at dinner. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? That's his first line. That's crazy. I would have bet a lot of money against that, that he said something to her in this scene. Not a word. He just kind of looks at her. And she just kind of puts it together like a second too late. Yeah. Right? Right. Just like, what are you going to do? Like, kill the prince or Oh. Oh, crap. Oh, oh crap. <laughs> you're going to you're going to take me down and get my stuff. Okay. Right. <sighs> um and then final comment, man, her armor looked great. They it always does. talk about the the Royces descended from the first men and and the runes that were present uh, on runestone and so you saw that on her armor and actually on Gerald's armor too mm-hmm. imprinted. Oh, I just love those kind of details. It's and it's supposed to, to protect them. Mm-hmm. but good work good work voices die wearing the armor so <laughs> nice work runes yeah come on runes you got one job <laughs> you got a warrant on those runes <laughs> <laughs> oh man i curved the you just the wrong way <laughs> and i screwed up the whole protection uh <laughs> so next we get a uh just a quick scene of yeah the the king and his party traveling to Driftmark, and the king's yeah. not feeling too well. We kind of have an interesting, it's a very short scene on the boat, and then it jumps to Allison to with Otto, and then back to Driftmark. So I kind of combined these two and skipped the Otto one, and we can cover it maybe yeah, after. Let's do it, yep. So, yeah, I mean, this, this ship scene, strong tissue, uh, mm-hmm. you know, his new hand is there almost just to kind of like wipe his bum. Just like he's, at every opportunity, he's just kind of there, just like, hey, here you go. Here you go. You need this. Here you go. We need an office moment in every single one of these House of the Dragon episodes, right? Oh. Today's is when Dwight leaves Dunder Mifflin and gets the job at Staples for like an episode. And he goes to help the lady as a customer service person. And, and he's like, I will literally be standing right here if you need anything <laughs> at all. And he just stands next to the customer and just waits. And uh, that's Larry Strong's job as hand. Like you said, I will literally be standing right here if you need anything at all. 
Yeah. He does a good job of it. Yeah, he he does. Uh I, that's really most of most of what I took from that boat scene is just that <laughs> Viserys is sick and not doing well, and that you know Lionel is just gonna be there just at every moment to just support and help and whisper. Yep. Um, uh, so they they do they arrive at high tide, so um, you know point of book order. High tide is the newer castle, right? So Corlys, with all his wealth, builds a newer castle. They had uh, Driftmark, and they thought it was old and drab, and all this money to burn, so they built High Tide on the other end of the island. As you do. This one still kind of looks old and damp to me, <laughs> but but it's a cool depiction. I lo- I really like the causeway. Yeah. Um, that would be underwater if it were if it were higher tide. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and the way that that uh, the castle itself is uh, decorated, right? It's like a great big trophy cabinet. It's a total Corliss flexed, making the king come there and then walk through all of his triumphs and everything. Yes, it's a huge flex, and we'll get into we'll get into some of the what that means and how Rayanus feels about it too, because I. You know, for most of the series, I s- sensed that they were very, you know, they were in lockstep about most things. Mm-hmm. It does not feel that way this episode to me. There are some key, yeah. key things there. Yep, for sure. You remember, you remember the, uh, I think it was in episode one, where uh, Otto, I think it is, leans over to Viserys and he's like, you should take their tongues for that. Because somebody just makes like a, a it, it, they're actually making a comment about uh, Rayanus and being, you know, being the queen who, are, who never was. Right. Sarah's is like, ah, you know, it's just let them talk. It's no big deal. Yeah, at the joust, right? Yeah, if you take tongues for people doing shit like that, you don't get stood up when you arrive at their castle. Like, the, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I know it, it seems like a silly link to make, but like, if you let things slide like that, they're willing to disrespect you in bigger ways. And right. He's, this is happening and you see it later in the episode too we'll see other examples of this with other totally. people yeah yeah definitely uh, i feel the same way yep this Aries, you kind of did this to yourself bud yeah his lack of desire to face conflict head-on is it's starting to really bite him right uh, if it wasn't already i mean i don't think it was but right. and on the other hand i think to myself is it really that big a deal but the problem is, is that if you get, as a king, if you get lax with some things, they start to needle and take advantage of it and mm-hmm. force you to be lax with other things. And yeah. Yeah. It's a difficult okay. line to toe. Yes. Um, anything else for uh, High Tide? I don't think so. So now we get Allison saying goodbye to Otto. Yeah. Otto saying Oh, fuck you a little bit like, a little bit this is kind of on you but also but also more importantly telling her be careful right like this is happening this is mm-hmm. what i've been trying to prepare you for and you better get ready because this isn't going away this right. is going to be a war right and uh we see Otto moving the goalpost a little bit when damon was in line for the throne he was all about rainera he was the mm-hmm. one who suggested it back in episode one but uh, then he gets a grandbaby and all of a sudden you gotta do this um mm-hmm. do you 
what do you think? Do you think war will follow? Do you really think it's going to be, is it as dire as he says? And I realize I'm being coy with that question for those that have read <laughs> Fire and Blood. But. Yeah, so hard to answer that question without spoiling too much, I think. But I think what he sees uh, and what Rayna sees to, to a degree and what a lot mm-hmm. of people see what we saw in the streets Rayna's uh, definitely with, sees the play, um, with the play in the last episode is that there is a huge contingent of the realm that does not want a female ruler. Right. And they're going to latch on to any option they have that isn't a female ruler and lo and behold there's one presented to them that's getting older every day that they can latch on to and the only way Otto sees Otto's kind of a he's a hammer everything everything's a nail to him a little bit right maybe but he sees he sees the only option to to remove Allison's children that's the only option that he sees for for Rainier to put to quell all these and he's not wrong yeah I, I mean again not to spoil I, yeah I don't know if he's wrong but I think there are people that feel differently mm-hmm. he's telling her that more people feel this way and right I think the play we saw kind of indicates that's at least in the populace that's maybe true and we saw in council 101 that they prefer men and right those of us that know the history know that they always choose the men. And so, you know, he's not an idiot for thinking it, right? I don't, I don't think he's... And for wanting to protect his family. and Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, in a way, it's a tender moment. He's like, you need to protect your children, right? And, and then we get what we've wanted for four episodes, Gad. A father mm-hmm. hugging his daughter. <laughs> I loved that part when they just hugged each other. I was just like, yes, finally, you love her. It, it was almost like a blunt instrument of, of reinforcement, though, for his message still. He's like, I'm hugging you only to reinforce this message. <laughs> really? You know what I mean, I don't know. I, it's, hard, it's hard to think of anything Otto's doing as sweet or, or real. I get it. It, but, it came across to me as a moment of just like pure instinct of just wanting to hug his daughter. And then it was almost like, <clears throat> no, I'm a little high tower. Okay. I don't do that. No. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But uh, you know me, I'm always a glass <laughs> half full guy those, with this crap. You want those nice family moments. I do. Yeah. I do. But I, I think, I think we need to keep in mind, you know, that, what Allison comes into this scene saying is, I believe Rhaenyra, I believe Viserys, I believe they want to do the right things here. And she's still, you know, this, I don't want to say this warning rings hollow for her, but she's, she's not where Otto is at this point. And I don't think he convinces her here, but it does rattle around in her brain. It sticks. Seeds are planted. Yes, exactly. Yep. You choose not to see it, he says. Mm-hmm. And I would dare say that that's kind of almost a theme for this episode. We'll see that with other characters of them choosing not to see what's yeah. happening. But you are no fool, but you choose not to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Prepare Aegon to rule, or pray for mercy from Rhaenyra. <sighs> Which I messed that up a little bit. If I combine your two thoughts, but that was good sentiment. Yep. <sighs> yep. Uh, 
note quick on wardrobe i'm not a big wardrobe guy either but she's very looks very targaryen in this scene yeah the black dress with red piping everywhere uh and what i do like on these is we're seeing dresses repeat themselves we're not like new dress every episode which gives it kind of a lived-in feel. She wore this same dress. Uh, if it wasn't the last episode, it was the one before that. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Cool. So we go We go then to Laris. Laris Strong. Yes. Yeah. And Alicent. In, in your favorite, uh, favorite uh, scene, your favorite locale. So, you know. Yeah, the Godswood. Gotta have our scene or two. Squeeze everything into that into that one locale. We need to do a count of how many Godswood scenes there are. Oh man, at least two per episode. I would think. Don't even know who the seven are. Can we (laughs) do do something in a fucking sept, please? (laughs) Can we do something in a sept, please? Uh, I'm putting the count at ten. Five episodes, ten seasons. Godswood. I'm saying two per episode at least. Feels light. Feels light. Feels light. <laughs> um, so, uh, my first thought on this whole this whole conversation is the the lemon tree and Bravos mm-hmm. uh, conversation that happens in the fandom all the time. Um, for those that don't know, Danny dreams of um, her home, right, the house with the red door, and there being a lemon tree outside, and People have used that that statement to say, "Oh well, lemon trees are in Dorne. They're not. They don't. They wouldn't grow in Bravos." And other people are saying, "Well, they've got a you know a specific you know location there in Bravos that they tend to it very carefully, and they can have it grow." And um, here we have Laris talking about this an outsider among the natives. This 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 flower that shouldn't be growing there. Right. Um, also, of course, clearly referencing Allison's. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's meant to be a metaphor, of course, for Alicent, but at the same time, you have to wonder if some of that fandom chit-chat gets to some of the writers sometimes, and they throw little things like this in here just to wink at us. Yeah, I feel like they do, and maybe I'm reading into it, but it's one of the things I love about their approach. I think they do nod their heads to us quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Look, we're, we're fans like you. We're, we're in this like you guys are. Gonna, wink wink pals we, we see these relationships right? <laughs> um and laris just is we get our first look so, at how at laris laris little finger varus and mm. you you know this is our first real scene of him saying or doing anything of real substance and you're already starting to see that i did wonder if she could be relied upon now that she is unwell and like he stutters and everything he's like so disarming and he's my new favorite so he's great uh, i must have been in there what a <laughs> happiness what a, what a happiness, what a happiness. Been wrong. <laughs> you gotta be shitting me dude oh it's, my gosh like, you can't i can't believe you're talking <laughs> out of that side of your mouth uh he does an amazing job the actor i don't know who he is i gotta look him up but i love him uh the character just overtly leaving his messages but in a way that is i don't know somehow evades trouble right yeah yeah because he knows that the message itself will affect alicent 
to yeah. such a degree that she's like she will forgive him his heavy-handed approach yeah and it does yeah. affect her she's it just does. floored by this yeah and uh, i wanted to ask you about that is is she just feeling betrayed by the dishonesty of rainera who promised her on her dead mother that nothing happened on that night of fun or does this indicate deeper feelings for Rhaenyra? We talked about, you know, the sexual tension that we saw in episode one, especially. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, the first thing this, this information does to her is just cause doubt, right? Mm -hmm. Otto has placed doubt. Laris has now placed doubt. Stoking it. Stoking that flame. Um, but I think she... You know, we just saw the scene where she says, I believe Rhaenyra. I believe her. She said mm -hmm. that to her dad. And it's kind of like she's been fooled. And so she, her pride is hurt. Um, she literally sent her dad away, essentially. Like, that's the result of her actions. Because she believed Rhaenyra. And so I think she's feeling, yeah, she's feeling very put off by Rhaenyra, right? Betrayed. Right. Uh, lied to um yeah i think you mentioned she says on my mother's <laughs> like wow okay yeah, yeah i think she feels betrayed i just felt like she took it so hard she's taking it very hard and i'm trying to put myself in her situation and you know feeling as she would that yeah, betrayed. I mean, I mean it's more than that too it's if she's capable of this Maybe she is also capable of murdering my children, like my dad says. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't know this person like I thought I did. Right. Not and just betrayal, but like, yeah. yeah, a real reflection in her own judgment. Right. Yeah. Like, I, with my, <laughs> it's one of my worst qualities, right? I'll be angry at myself for some uh, an error in judgment I've made, right? Something I should have, like, ah, I knew if I, did, if I didn't do this, I knew this was going to happen and it happened, and I'm angry. And, you know, I'm getting, jabbered at at all times by my kids or whatever and i you know i take it out on them right like i'm frustrated and i take it out on them like just stop asking me questions you know like i'm angry at myself yeah she's angry at herself for trusting rainiera if this is true and so she mm -hmm. has to find out i like that yep it is in her head now yeah good point about her dad like i got my dad dismissed protecting mm -hmm. you yeah yeah I chose you over family. I mean, she right. it, I don't know if she knew that was going to be the result. She says she didn't. it would be the result of her actions, but it was the result of her actions. And um, yeah, it's a choice of choosing Rhaenyra over her family indirectly. And that hurts if she was lied to and made a fool yeah. of. She says, uh, she says to Laris, I'm the queen. I have no shortage of allies. Yeah. But that's yeah. posturing. Well, well, I mean, she knows it is. She said she right. just said to Rainier in the previous episode, I don't have any friends here. Right. And now her dad's that's gone. Almost that exact phrase. Yeah. I've, everyone sees me as queen. I don't have any friends here. Our list of allies grows thin. Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings. It's Lord of the Rings. Indeed, right? it's yeah, it is. It's uh Elrond. Mm -hmm. That's right. All right. Shall we go back to Driftmark? Yeah. The tide is high, and so are, so are Corliss's expectations here for, uh, <laughs> for Viserys' visit. 
yeah, he so Viserys kind of wanders through, like you said, seeing trophies and decorations on the high tide and everything, and he wanders into the throne room for high tide, and there's Corlys just sitting there, just waiting, like a king, pretty pretty as you please. Yeah, yep. uh, you approach feels, me, King Viserys. Mm-hmm. It feels totally wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Think think about the last time you saw in some sort of you know king based society, right, a monarchy where the king is approaching anybody else that's sitting higher than them. And Corliss waits like, to like the last minute to stand up, walk over, and then he stands in front of him for a little bit. Yeah. Before kneeling finally. Yes. <laughs> yep, exactly. There's very much a power play going on. You know, we got th- kind of that sense in the last episode that uh, Corliss was, I didn't really go into it, but like holding the stepstones, maybe being a pirate a little bit himself and kind of, flexing his control over the area mm-hmm. um you know maybe maybe he's just flexing a little bit more like i can rule if i want to you know yep and then rainies comes in happy as yeah. can be we've never seen her this joyful she's usually like so like somber and judgy yeah. she's I've, always, I've talked about her facial expressions and how much i love them she's always got kind of like that judgy smirk on her face which I love about her. <laughs> She's just yeah. happy to be on, on camera again. Let's be honest. Oh, for sure. And I'm happy to have her back. And I'm well. happy to have her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I gushed I mean, about her all week on Twitter. But I, I've been away. I was at a wedding, so I've not been very engaged. engaged oh, but, my goodness. I uh, have just been uh, Eve Best super freak this week. <laughs> I, I will say, you know, I'm, I'm kidding about the being on camera thing, but to some degree, it, it, it is. She's been removed from the action. She's been removed from the people that she knows and loves. They haven't been around um, for a long time. It's been years, probably, since she's really been at court with any regularity. And so she's probably just really kind of happy to see her cousin, you know? Like, they, yeah, they, they so. were relatively close. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. they were relatively close, you know? So I, um, I, it feels real to me. Cool. Good. I'm glad. I wondered if it was, she came in and in kind of not her nicest finery. She was in pants. I assume she just came from a dragon ride. Mm. And I wonder if that kind of lifts her spirits and no. she came in kind of happy just getting off of her dragon. Um, but I anyways, that. I love Eve best. Uh, she steals every scene she's in for me. I just find her enchanting her whole character. The way she plays Rainies is just magical to me. I love it. Yeah. I wonder how annoyed people are with the difference of the way I pronounce this. Rainis is my favorite character in Fire and Blood. Uh, one of my favorite characters in the whole series. Uh, and yes, Eve Best is great. Also, it's Rainis. Like the character is just really good. And they fleshed it out, I think, really well in this, in this adaptation. Yeah. Like um, when. Well, no, let's talk about, let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about the proposal. Yeah. And we'll bring in some more of Raina's stuff in it. Can I take a quick detour to Leanna first? Because she was younger before. She was 12, right? When Rhaenyra was like 14 in this adaptation. In Fire and Blood, she's five years older than Rhaenyra. They've now got a new actress, right? Swapped in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to play Leanna. They couldn't Mm -hmm. use the little girl. It would have been bad. Nope, she didn't uh, have the growth spurt that the kid who played Bran had. So, so they needed a middle girl. Without spoiling too much, I think they get we get a new actress 
again next episode next episode mm-hmm. but this Leia felt older to me than than Rhaenyra did, and, did you agree with that yeah she seemed a little older uh-huh yeah, it bothered me but I got you know like we said before like if, if they're gonna fuck with the timeline weird stuff is gonna happen I guess if this is the worst thing that happened then I guess it's not that bad right but it, it just felt confusing and some teenagers seem like old <laughs> But she was, she was like a teenager in a 1980s film old. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Ferris Bueller looks like 27. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> All right, Dawson. Uh-huh. Back on the exactly, creek. exactly. Yeah. Cameron. Uh, um. But uh, Fire and Blood makes mention of Rhaenyra and Lena being close after they as they grow that's a bit of a mm-hmm. spoiler um but this kind of opens the door to that of them going off together and her wanting to show her around and have breakfast with her so little nod to that i think yeah and I, I don't think it's it's too bad of a spoiler i mean um in the later scene here rayanus does say you know they grew up together she's referring mm-hmm. to Lana or not Lana, but same thing they all grew up together, together. They're, yeah there's you know the proximity was always there and they're fond of each other. They're mm-hmm. they're good little cousins. We don't get to see it much, but I think it's right. believable. And Rainus says it. It's not that huge of a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. So she also notices as soon as she as soon as she tries to grab his hand, she notices he's missing. He's fingers. like, Ugh. so she left before that all went down, right? So she, you know, I don't. They're not publicizing this information. Yeah, she's, definitely not. She's a bit shocked. Mm-hmm. I think that this has taken this this series of a turn for him. Right. Yep. And then add in the coughing fits that he comes into and yeah. Yeah. And I think that just adds to her concern of then, he's going to die. What's going to happen? She seems legitimately concerned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing we get kind of before they get into the actual proposal is they mention that Rhea Royce had died in a hunting accident, but they lay it on pretty thick mm-hmm. right? that this was likely not an accident. But they make see the gods are cruel, you know. They kind of they kind of brush over it, and Viserys refuses to acknowledge the elephant in the room and just says, "Let's turn to happier pursuits." Yeah, right. Like he doesn't want to deal with this, mm-hmm. even though it's clear that thing. they're making note that something was amiss. Right, right. Which is interesting because Corliss and Damon have kind of been allies up to this point. Not kind of, they have been. Yeah, they have. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's doesn't see his usefulness anymore, or maybe I'm maybe I'm reading too much into it. Felt to me like they were alluding to something, something. Right. Famous. Yeah, yeah. But they've always been kind of gossipy too. Remember episode one where they're just <laughs> sitting and just snarking with each other? I love that scene. It was my favorite Goss- scene of that whole first episode. Gossipy, and I don't want to. Might get jumped on for this. I've always felt like Rayanus and Corliss were kind of like better than everyone else, like mm-hmm. morally. I've always felt that way. This show has painted them differently, you know, to challenge that. But I've always felt like they were kind of just morally better than everybody else in this in this part of the history, right? Like they just seem like better people, and so partner or not. They don't approve of him murdering his wife. Correct. Right? Yeah. And you know, they and they'll will, talk about it. 
yeah, they will call the rose the rose and the spade <laughs> the spade, and you know, yeah, and and they will make demands if we want to move to the proposal. Oh my goodness! So Viseri says, I want to, I want Rhaenyra to marry Lenore. And Corliss is like, great idea, but uh, let's talk about last names. I have questions. Yeah, great idea. I have questions. As uh, he so said things. in a previous episode, you sail directly into the storm, right? And mm -hmm. Here he goes. Or you go around it, right? Right. <clears throat> so, yeah. So he wants to know who's, what the plan is. Yeah. What, are we going to do like a hyphenated last name? Are they <laughs> even going to rule? Yes. First, right? Like, what is the plan for succession, really? Mm -hmm. And and Viserys has to, I mean, it kind of throws water on the whole thing. He's like, before we say yes, am I agreeing to my son being king consort or just marrying, you know, a girl that's not a princess rule? who's going right. to be a forever princess? Yeah. Right. And, you know, Viserys like he needs to be shouting to everyone and not just stating very clearly which he does to Corliss says she will be the heir mm -hmm. she will she will be queen her whoever her firstborn child is will inherit the throne he or he's, she he or yep. she he's very clear to Corliss yeah he needs to do this for everyone right and he's done it some but not not yeah enough and people just don't want to hear it. No, it's the one but, thing where he has a spine and he is willing to stick to his guns, yeah. but no one else agrees with it, which is the tragedy of it all. It's like the one yeah. thing that Viserys is sure about. But they make a point, yeah, but they make a point through the series and da Damon says it sometimes, you're the dragon. Right. You're the king. They will do what you tell them. Maybe then when he dies, they won't, I guess, but he needs to be more direct about this and more in their face and fierce about it. Yeah. Right. And he does a good job of doing it here with Corliss. Yes. Yep. Agreed. He can do it better in other places. And so then, then they go to the, the last names. Are they, are we going to get a Valerion King? Is that what's happening? <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> says Viserys. <laughs> no. And then he has, he has the balls to follow it up with. I'm only seeking clarity, <laughs> right? I didn't mean to suggest that that's what should happen. I'm only seeking clarity. Right. How happy well I am to be wrong. Oh, uh, um, fantastic performance. And I like I like Viserys' answer. I think it's yeah. a good little answer. Yeah, be Valerian. But yeah. the Targaryens are still the rulers of the realm. So yeah. at that point, it almost Targaryen almost becomes more of a title than... Yeah. A last name, right? Is what he's suggesting. Yeah, it's it's an interesting little side bet, if you want to think of it that way. Viserys is betting on the fact that for 200 years or 100 130 years or whatever, 130 years, I guess, the realm has been calling the king a Targaryen, right? King's always been a Targaryen. It's a Targaryen. He's betting on that carry that tradition carrying forward and people just kind of continuing on that. Mm -hmm. I think Corliss is banking he's a he agrees to this but i think he's banking on the opposite he's like if the kid is named valerion for 40 years and everyone refers to him or her as a valerion for 40 years they're not just going to switch it to targaryen it's too it's like hey matt instead of calling me scad can you just change it to scood just now or just or, 
William. Or whatever, you're not changing it. You've, you've called me this for whatever, however long. And he's just kind of like, they'll just call him Valerian anyway, and Viserys will be dead, so who cares? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think Corlys is kind of banking on that part. Right. So he's like, okay, uh, great. Yeah. I'll, take, I'll take the minor win in the hopes fine. that time's going to tell him that one. That's right? fine. Yeah. Crush groove. Yep. Um, but I like that Viserys in some ways is this progressive king. You know, that is something to like about him when he says sure. he or she will do so bearing the name Targaryen. When he says, you're not proposing the Targaryen dynasty end just because she is a woman. Yeah. And that's where I come back to Eve Bess as Rainey. She gives like a little smirk, like a little Rainey smirk. smirk. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, yep. she's like F and A Viserys. Yeah. yeah. But also she doesn't believe it though. <laughs> For sure. And that's, yeah, that's what the smirk is. It's like, pff, yeah. 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 Okay. Whatever. Oh, it's all about, you're all talk. She's so good. You're all talk. Yeah. So we come to learn. Do you have more on the proposal? No. We come to learn that Rhaenyra and Leonor are on a walk. Hamming it up, yeah. While this happens. Apparently it's not important that they're there for their own betrothal. No. I don't know. I've, I've never betrothed anyone. I guess that's possibly true. Um, so they're walking and they have a little discussion about a matter of taste. Yeah. And it's yeah. such a modern day conversation it is uh folded into this medieval-esque time um leonor immediately kind of notes the change in her approach he's kind of cold to her in the very opening moments of this scene and she starts talking about her preference for duck uh over goose and the tone of the conversation immediately changes and all of a sudden leonor is an ally in the conversation instead of a combatant right right he even it, it's very it's even more gradual than that he even starts off as kind of a little bit defensive not like mean defensive but like like it's not for lack of trying he says at one point when talking <laughs> about the preference and other people like goose very much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right but it kind of like this is just the way that i am and she's like i know and it's fine like right. really it's fine like yeah please do whatever you want yeah I can't tell you how fine it is, Lenor. <laughs> it's so fine. I also want to have my preferences. Uh, you know, I can't like, emphasize this enough. Like, <laughs> yeah. Listen this to the words coming out of my mouth. And for me, this it's is fine great. for ev- ev- everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's also so they come to this understanding essentially that they'll they'll do their duty and marry that they will have an understanding between the two that they can pursue their carnal desires as they please outside of marriage mm-hmm. uh, a very um i don't you could call that progressive approach as well um certainly all sorts of relationships that that behave that way and and work successfully um and it's kind it's also kind of a reverse of passage in fire and blood do you remember the the fish passage it's actually not rainier or Lanor involved right. in that scene but they're talking about Lanor, mm-hmm. and i believe it's a maester says i may not like fish but when presented with it i will eat it right um and this is this is so much better what a what a better way to couch this whole conversation uh and make it progressive and, and fun uh duck duck goose duck duck goose 
mm-hmm. or as they say in Minnesota, duck, duck, gray duck. Oh gosh. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Is that really our, a thing? Our fans of Minnesota will confirm. They probably in will. In Minnesota, they play duck, duck, gray duck. Well, I love it. Let's do it. It's insane. That's great. Um, just a slight little book difference that I wanted to call out is that uh, Lenor isn't this knightly warrior in in Fire and Blood. He's actually knighted as a formality, basically, a fortnight before the wedding, uh, just to say that he's a knight and that Rainer is marrying a knight. But uh, I like in Fire and Blood that they've made him a bit more dashing. He's a warrior and courageous and not afraid to get into the middle of things, as we saw in episode three or whatever it was. Some yeah, slight difference, a, but I like in it. fact a leader, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in in the show, yeah, he's a dragon rider in the books, but they don't ever go to any to any lengths to indicate that he has any martial skill at all, right? He likes that he participated dragons. in the war on the stepstones, and yeah. But as you know, many people have pointed out, just because you love flying dragons doesn't mean you're a warrior. It doesn't mean yeah. you have a hunger for battle or even you know could just mean or any skill at it a rich kid with a porsche you know right you like to take out and drive around i'm glad that's what you've reduced lanor to remember everyone matt's about not me uh no <laughs> book i, I lanor people <laughs> book lanor i, I, I like stand it by it i like it too it's a good change um without getting spoilery let's see if it matters yeah i do like just to close this out that they're starting this albeit forced relationship on good solid honest footing and that to me is no matter how this relationship turns you know what happens to them what they are forced to go through in the future uh i like that they're starting out on the same page getting it all out there kind of like a solid footing these are two people making the best of a situation neither of them want Mm -hmm. uh but that would they they believe i think they really do believe it will help the realm it's probably the right match uh even though neither of them want it and so they're coming to terms with the fact that neither of them want it and they can make the best of it and yeah be on even footing instead of resent each other forever it's uh i feel like you know a therapist would say they've approached this very very healthily very maturely yeah well then we go back to another great uh relationship mm-hmm. in this show back to Rainey's and Corley's mm-hmm. Corliss um talking about what they just went through and this is where like as you said we find out that maybe they're not exactly on the same page about everything yeah 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 the scene starts with um Rainus essentially saying that Viserys is in bed man he could that that marriage proposal whoo I was rough it took a lot mm-hmm. out of him right I mean, mainly it was the trip over, right? But uh, Corliss, as a way of apology, says, perhaps, perhaps I overextended myself in, in, you know, kind of making him come and making him do the proposal and, um, you know, that he's caused this to happen to Viserys. And Rhaenys kind of says, well, you know, it was his choice to come, but it's, right. weird, but it's weird for a king to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, maybe. Maybe you shouldn't have, right? <laughs> yeah. But there's no like malice between them, which is what I like. Not there's either. there's disagreement for sure, but yeah. they actually discuss it very like, I don't know, constructively almost. 
they don't put each other down for their opinions on things yeah but, there's something that i don't like about the way this resolves at the end because it still feels like rayanus is being forced to you know bend to his will instead of it being a true partnership you know so let's let's go through the list so she i think she, a little bit up to interpretation but i think she disagrees with the fact that they've made Viserys come to them i think she does uh they disagree about Lanner. so not to bury this lead at all uh she says a comment you you know what his true nature is right uh, that he's gay that he's gay Mm-hmm. And Corliss says, ah, pff, he'll outgrow it. Ugh. Right. Okay, we all hate that. Everyone hates that. I was going to say, I've I'm... seen that face on fathers, and I've heard Ugh. fathers make those excuses. And it's a man who absolutely knows that his son is gay and refuses mm-hmm. to accept it. Yeah. Yeah. The timing, the timing this is very interesting for me. But we'll, we'll leave that for now. Um, so they disagree, I think, about willingness of the, the realm to accept Rhaenyra as queen. You know, Rhaenys is like, this is not happening. We're putting our son in danger by doing it because this is going to this is going to be a war. Essentially, espousing the same thing Otto did, right? They're not going to accept her. Um, and I think they disagree even with the value of sitting on the throne he calls it justice she calls she's she asks why are we why wealth power pride like we we got a happy good life going here mm-hmm. we got the trade we got the ships we got our family which we like which why, i think she honestly believes i yeah. agree why why do this what's what's the reason his his answer is justice and you learn that while she has kind of let go not being named queen he hasn't he feels slated. Well, yeah, let go is maybe strong. She says she says she does. She says she's moved on, put it behind yeah. her or something. Paraphrasing, right. and I think for the most part she has. It's not all or nothing. I think she's all, like 80-20. It's almost one of those things you enjoy holding on to a little bit, so you correct can always say exactly. You have it, so you, you know? yeah, like, so you can give that little smirk to Viserys yes, exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, Don't truly forgive and put it behind you. You still gotta have it as part of your driving part of her personality it's an 80 20 type thing yeah she's mostly over it mostly over it (laughs) mostly at least to the point where she wasn't going to try to do anything about it right she is content with this life (laughs) on driftmark being the richest family in the realm and all of that so so that's a list of well what was it two five five things that i think they kind of disagree about sure right absolutely and the last bit of that is her saying she's moved on she's she quiets him. She puts her finger mm-hmm. on his lips, mm-hmm. quiets him. He moves her finger from his lips and basically kind of says, you know, that it's justice for them to, to try to get on the throne, that she should have been there. And despite her saying she's over it, I don't know, I get the sense that she still has to follow his lead on this. Right. All these things they disagree about, they can disagree, but it's going Corliss's way. Right. And I kind of took it as, uh, yes, it was Corliss getting his way, but was it one of those things they could really say no to at this point? Like a Ned hand thing? Like a Ned and Catelyn thing. They could have said no, just like Ned could have said no. But could they have said no? I don't know. And I think she, she sees that. But uh, I agree with all those things. They disagree in a way that it doesn't lead to blow up fights. 
they sit there and they're holding each other as they they're are. arguing, right? Yeah. And I think a, a good marriage is one where there's where you can disagree agreeably, and they seem to do that. I agree. I just want to see her get her way. Absolutely. Once or twice. All the to show me that Rainey. this isn't a one-sided thing. All these. But you're right. Everything yeah. for Rainies, please. Yes. I don't want to make more of it than it is. I think you're right. It seems like a, a, a good, happy match and a good marriage that's give and take. It seems mostly that way. But this scene is a litany of things that she disagrees about. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's going to be fine. And I love that he is so willing to go to bat for his wife that he's yeah. just like, this is ridiculous. For sure. And the connection, the love is real. I agree. You he's see still that. incensed about this decades later. Yeah. For me and my wife, it, the roles are reversed. She's the one, I'm like the one that's like, it's okay, it's no big deal. And my wife's like, no, that's not fair the way they're treating you. <laughs> and it's sweet. It's adorable. Yeah. You know? It's nice. <laughs> All uh, right. Do we not Speak- want to gloss do not want to gloss over the small-minded error bit and focus on this, or do you think we hit it hard enough? Uh I I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I would remedy that small-minded error by any means necessary. Yeah. Yeah. He's, speaking he's of ref- her not getting speaking the of Rannis, but he's also making his own small-minded error with his son daily. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And just to, yeah, that's all. Yep. It's gross. Be better, Corliss. Be better, Corliss. Be better. That's one of my favorite scenes in this episode. That one was Agreed. Just- Agreed. So we move to a quick one now, uh, which I've called Jealous Lovers on the Beach. Um, I don't, I just got to say, I don't love this Joffrey actor. No? I honestly, I just think he mumbles. I can't understand mo- about half the things he says. I have to rewind it. And I sometimes I still can't get it. <laughs> I miss, he, he opens with a jape and I still don't know what the, what the joke was. If you enlighten me, I'd be happy to hear it. Oh, no, I, I can't say yeah, that no. this this scene was significant enough for me that I recorded it in my memories. I watched but, it five times. I still don't know what the joke was. But, but um, other than that, other than that, it's a sweet scene, right? Yeah, it's sweet. Yeah, it's meant to set up the obvious, you know, it's it's kind of like a teenage love, it feels like to me. And it's meant to set that up for us. This is better than yeah. we could have hoped for, Joffrey yeah. says. Yes. It's sweet. Yeah, I, it's a sweet imagine, scene. I don't want to like over-dramatize it or make it more than it is or put it on the level, I guess, of Romeo and Juliet. But imagine you're Romeo and Juliet and you've got this family drama, this intense family drama that will never let you be together. And then on the eve of, you know, where it's really going to fall apart, the two families are just like, no, nah, actually, it's cool. And you have this relief like, oh, like we're going to be able to keep this. Right. Joffrey and, and Lanor have been basically told today they can keep doing this. There are some rules. They got to be secret about it and things like that, like they always have. But it won't have to be as secret, though. It doesn't have to be, be as secret. And I mean, it can't be public, but, but they don't have to hide it from his wife, mm-hmm. his future wife. And a, until now, they've been afraid it was going to blow up. Right. And so, like, it's, I gotta, I gotta feel like they, they have a bit of a new lease on life. Huge sigh of relief. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, that's really all I got on that scene. Me too. In um, fact, I didn't even have the Romeo and Juliet thing. I just made it up on the spot. Love it. Love it. 
your king scad good old shakes oh boy then we get oh now we have jealous lovers on a ship right yeah (laughs) the almost main event of the episode yeah this is the best scene in the show to me we'll we'll get to that okay yep wedding scene but i like uh just to call in the books they kind of combine the two yes possibilities that are brought up in fire and blood Mm -hmm. uh septon eustace says that Kristen cole went to rhaenyra and said run away with me um mushroom says no it was rhaenyra that wanted to keep things going and actually tried to seduce Kristen Cole. And this the the scene did a nice job of melding the two of those, giving them both a chance to make their pleas to the other. Yeah. This scene's fascinating. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people um poor poor Kristen. Uh, sorry, that's not careful. That's not the end. Careful. No, no, that's not the end take. That's not the end take. <laughs> let, me, let me get through let me get through it, okay? <laughs> Just how, how I, I was just reading my first note, which is just, you've confided in me now and then. I know you a bit. Like, he's just still so tentative to this person that he's got this relationship with. But that, that's all I know for that first poor Kristen. But uh, this scene is fascinating because it's really two people, starting with Kristen, who I think have good intentions, even for the other, not just for themselves, but for their partner. Correct. Yeah. A yeah. lot of the things that I've seen online are saying, like, how disgusting of him to just assume he she would give all this up for him and mm-hmm. i get that but on the other hand. they're they're glossing over the whole beginning to the whole opening he gives which is she's done almost nothing but to c- complain to him about this life that, uh, that's ahead of her and we've so seen he, her do it even and we've seen her do it and so i think in his head he's wrong still wrong still wrong and silly to assume that you assumed incorrectly pal you assumed incorrectly and you Mm -hmm. should have been able to see that it would be incorrect totally she's got a dragon she's one of like 10 people in the world with a dragon well in the books anyway and you know like you should have been able to see that leaving the life of a queen was not going to be something she was going to do you should have been able to but he is he's bringing it from a perspective of she doesn't actually want this life she's told me that right at least pieces of it and you know it's misguided but he's trying to give her an out that he thinks that she wants he's wrong she doesn't want it yes yeah but he thinks she does and and then her her saying are you asking for leave are you wanting pto or something yeah (laughs) like you want to you just want to leave the king's guard or what you know like it just shows how far away her head is from this possibility, mm-hmm. right? And then as the scene progresses, you realize, well, no, this isn't something he's doing for her. He's doing it, yes, he thinks it's a good solution for her based on the things she said, but he's doing it for himself. Right. And she's doing the same thing. She has this solution that she thinks is good for him of continuing their thing and you know, getting to be with each other all this. But she's not really thinking of it from his perspective, that he's given up his honor, that that's about all he has, that he really values that. She's trying to get what she wants and couching in a way that she thinks he values. She's also wrong. They're both wrong. They're shocking, wrong about a brand new partner that they barely know, right? Like, this is why you talk about these things, right? Instead of just... Well explained. 
Well explained. I love it, buddy. Um, I do think it's okay to let Kristen feel the way he feels and recognize his sentiments and all of this while also noting that he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's starting to blame her a little bit. In addition to everything that you've said, he's starting to blame her a little bit for everything that happened. The white cloak's the only thing I have to my name. And now I screwed it up and he blames it on her in the, and when he's talking to Allison later, it was her at her uh, instigation, which is true, but um, he's starting to almost kind of take the moral high ground. Like we've done this. I've soiled my white cloak. So we need to be married now. And is kind of demanding that she do what he feels he needs to do to feel better about himself in order to make this all better. And that's also not discounting what you said about, uh, listen, Rhaenyra, you told me you hate this life. So I'm giving you an out from this life. And, and a note, noted, please note, fandom, I, it's a ridiculous right. out. I, I get that. Right. But he thinks, when he does it, I think he thinks it's for the right reasons for her. And, and he's she, kind she, of she, projecting a little bit of his feelings into that into as well. It. He's injecting it. And, and I think she's doing the same thing. She correct. shames him. She shames him, right, for even suggesting it. You know, I can't. How, why would you think that would be a possibility to give up being queen for you, you know? And she could have put it softer. She didn't, right? But then she, it's almost like a putting him in his place thing, right? Which right. I think he deserves. Um, he then says that he's going to be her whore, right? And, and then again, it's just her projecting on this is something you should want, right? We had and, a great time that one night. Yeah. Keep this going, and uh, well, and even more sweetly, I think I think she does care for him. I think he oh, cares yeah. for her, right? It's very sweet. Where but she's like, "I was thinking about you last night," or "You were thinking about me." I was thinking about you. Couldn't even sleep. You know, it is sweet. You you can see it in the early parts of the scene. You can see as Kristen is proposing his plan to her. Mm -hmm. She actually, even though she's not considering it really at all, she thinks it's sweet. She's smiling at him. There's little hints of like, smiles. There's, there's little hints of smiles. Like, oh, how sweet. Like, he wants... He wants this with me. It's when he's nice. talking about marrying for love. Mm -hmm. We can get There's married because we love each other. And she does like this little smile that's really sweet. I agree. But she, you know, she says, the Iron Throne looms larger than me. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> Rhaenyra almost straight up gives him the whole prophecy. Okay, I was going to ask you because I felt <laughs> the same shit. thing. You can't she just says, go spouting that thing around. We've united the seven kingdoms and put them on a path. And then he walks away. I was like, <laughs> my notice, was she going to tell him about the Song of Ice and Fire? I think she was. I think she, I was, think she was. I think she was too. Was and great. then part of me also was like, why would that be so bad? <laughs> this prophecy is vague enough that I don't think it needs to be a secret. It could clear up a lot of things for Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> or the realm in general. Why not right. tell everyone this? Yeah. We've got to be on our guard here a little bit. Um, yeah, he talks about her being nameless along with being free. Mm -hmm. And I think about her night of freedom with Damon when she was out and she was so happy. Remember, it was like mm -hmm. she was almost as giddy. But I don't, so I think she likes the idea of freedom. That's why she likes riding her dragon so much. I don't think she likes the idea of being nameless though. I think she enjoys... Yay being a Targaryen I think she enjoys the idea of one day being a queen um 
she wants to be Rhaenyra Targaryen, Queen of the Seven Kingdoms. I agree. And that's okay for her to want that, actually. Uh, totally. But yeah. She should want it. She should fight for it. She should. Mm-hmm. She, she absolutely should not accept. Please don't mistake me thinking that she should accept this offer that it's reasonable. She absolutely makes the right <laughs> choice. Other than I think she could have been a little nicer about it. She's but, like, have you seen my hair color? How? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be nameless. Do you know Sorry. who I am? Um, I, I, you can kind of, when she turns away from him and, you know, is thinking about how to handle this, this request, you can kind of almost see a, a switch go on mm-hmm. where, where you, like, she almost just becomes the dragon in that moment. Like, okay, no, I got to make him understand. Lay down the this. law. Yeah. Right. There's right. a difference between he and I, and I'm the one in charge. And, you know, these things. Yeah. Brilliant scene. Brilliantly acted. We talked about the little smiles she gives him. You talked about the switch that she has. Um, We talked about the line of, so you want me to be your whore? Beautifully delivered line. Oh, my gosh. He's got like a little tear in his eye when he says it. It's great. And uh, it's great. Oh, by the way, no, we don't want, she doesn't want you to be your whore. No. Whore, because she's not going to pay you. You're not making a cent. It's a little worse. oh man okay we did it we did it good scene good scene (laughs) so now we get uh we go right into it so Viserys arrives in King's Landing Alicent uh he collapses again and I gotta tell you Matt well we'll get to it a little bit later but he doesn't look long for this world no he's (laughs) bleeding everywhere collapsing he doesn't look good and the scary not scary Allison doesn't look that concerned. No. She's watching from the balcony and he collapses and she's kind of got like this steeled gaze and she kind of just like turns away and goes back in. It goes it goes more to the last episode, right? Where I, I kind of walked back how I felt about the relationship and you did a little a little less, right? But mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know that that it's more of a partnership and not I I think more of a partnership that she's suffering through because she has to and not really a relationship of you know of sentiment at all yeah yeah and i think there's some there still but uh we've seen seeds planted in this episode too and you know you noted she was wearing a very targaryen dress earlier Mm -hmm. this scene she's back to wearing her mother's dress back to the blue one yeah that we've seen her wear a couple of times Mm -hmm. And we're starting to see this shift of looking out for me and mine before I was trying to be the good Targaryen queen, support my husband and his choice of heir. Mm-hmm. Now we're starting to see this. I'm going to look out for my kids. I'm going to look out for my family, the Hightowers. And that's go ahead, sorry. And, and I think that's intentional. And we see that in that kind of steeled gaze she gives the, the king's collapse of going... Homeboy's on his way out. Okay, I got some work to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, you know, pragmatic approach to her situation, right? Mm -hmm. But before she can make that pragmatic approach, she has to confirm a few things, which is a nice transition to the, you know, this next little scene we get with with she and Kristen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's kind of funny. She she almost like fails so badly at asking the questions that she gets the answer. Oh, totally. Right? Like, she <laughs> won't, it. She, she won't, like, kind of like Viserys asking Otto, like, spell out exactly the behavior he's referring to that his daughter did in the brothel. Mm-hmm. She can't 
get out the exact question she wants. Well, there's improprieties and certainly mistakes can be made. And I certainly don't mean to question, you know, like all, all these hemming and hawing of actually getting to the question. Did, and, did Rhaenyra <laughs> and Damon boink? Yes. <laughs> That's the question. Exactly. And Kristen has so much guilt right. inside. Yeah, that he just jumped, falls on the sword without the question even being it came, asked. It came out so easily. It probably <laughs> felt like a relief to finally yes, say probably. it. probably. Yeah, I have dishonored myself. I deserve no consideration. Uh, I, I have committed it. Mm-hmm. This act you speak of, I have committed it. Uh, and she's like, record scratch? Yeah, huh? What? <laughs> did, 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 am I the only one? that caught a look from Kristen when he comes in the room and she kind of like pats the little sofa to come sit next to her. Am He's I the like, only oh one no, not like, again. Yeah, oh no, not again. Oh God, oh God. <laughs> I, I don't think they, I don't think they intended it. I mean, no, no. But, but I think, I, it, I did think of it. We, yeah, it, it crossed my mind too, buddy. <laughs> We've been doing this together for too long. Yeah. Um, uh, but we did talk last episode about how he's seeing ghosts around every corner now. And anytime yes. anybody, the king asked for him, it's, the queen asked for him, it's like, oh yeah. crap, I've been discovered. I'm going down. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I I also wish, uh, you know, the showrunners could, could, could have given us one more nod. This is the perfect time for Kristen to ask to be sent to the wall instead of being killed. He did. Would, you're right. I would have liked to see that. Yeah. You're right. He goes straight to execution. Kill me at this yeah. point. Kill me. My my queen, my my princess spurned me. I've dishonored my white cloak. I'm kill me. Yep. Make kill it quick, me. please. Let right her happen. Here. Right here. Uh, so the result is, you know, with oh this gosh. confession, Allison sees treachery in Rainier. Now, Rainier didn't lie to her exactly about the question Allison was asking her. But the spirit of the lie was in there. Uh, and, and she is, like I said before, she is cut deeply. Yes. Like, I think, you know, her dad's advice, her, his, you know, pragmatic approach to Rainier is not going to be able to suffer your male sons, your male sons, your male heirs to live or her claim won't survive. Mm-hmm. Then Laris's suggestion that this is true and that you've been deceived and then absolute confirmation that you've been deceived those three things i think push her over the edge right right and the next time we see her is in a green dress and i would add in even like we said viserys is failing health and knowing that if i'm gonna act it i can't wait forever to do this totally yeah and then I'll, I'll get mine into a poor Kristen. She says the absolute worst possible thing that I think you can say to a guy who's just confessed something really intense. You may go. <laughs> but there should be punishment involved. <laughs> no finality. I have, to, like, I have to be, yeah. I'd like to know if she said, you know what, everything's going to be fine. It's no big deal. You can leave. That's great. Or, okay, we're going to kill you. At least he knows, but he's you may go. Ever waiting for a shoe uh-huh. to drop somewhere, and you see and it in his face, like. Oops. And, and so <laughs> go then. 
<laughs> Worst thing you could say. Um, all right. Viserys' disgusting arm is what I named this next scene. That's why this episode is TVMA, is just Viserys' arm. Okay, and later Joffrey Lonmouth's face. But yeah. we'll get to that. Viserys' disgusting arm's right up there, though. It's disgusting. I don't even... Was it even his arm, or was there something on his arm? I, it was it, like... It was it, almost like this whitish moldy looking thing it looks like his arm is literally rotting yeah 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 uh-huh yeah. he gives a little where's the queen mm-hmm. and, and i think that's one of those of she helps me feel better like the scene yeah. where he sent everyone away and had her dress his wounds before i think he honestly like feels like oh, allison makes me feel better um or she knows how to she knows how to touch me right ew that was gross that was i'm sad gross. i said that take it back um i take it back but he there's there's a level of comfort there uh it's more self-serving it's like here clean my rotted arm because you're my wife and that's your duty right yeah but the way the way the maesters treat him in this scene is interesting so first of all we get Supton orwile here i don't know if it's the first time we've seen him but the other Um, maester is in the scene with melos he was yeah. the one that made the suggestion in episode one about. Oh, was it about the? Uh, oh, what was the wound? Something on his back. Okay, uh, lancing it or. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Okay, mm-hmm. so he suggests poultices. In fact, he's he's like, I got him ready to make one. I got They're it right ready. here. Mm-hmm. And Melos says leeches work better. Is is Melos killing Viserys? I think he might be because he dismisses it pretty quick and he doesn't say that they even work better. He's like, that takes the pain away from the king or something yeah, like that. It's Right. And then they give him and then the two of them kind of almost like run into each other. It's like physically awkward. Like if I were directing a scene and they, re- and they ran into each other like this, I would re-block the scene so that that didn't <laughs> happen. Like you're going to do a curved cross and you're going to wait, you know, like not a director, but that's an easy thing to do. Uh, this is meant to indicate they're meant to indicate that they're not insane butting heads right? yeah mm-hmm. so they give him sweet sleep right to just try to put him out of his misery a little bit but they're not i get the sense they're not really treating him no it's all they're half just, measures it's making him comfortable they're hastening to him to his end is what i feel like and right. i'm i'm wondering if septon orwell isn't on that page right we'll get to predictions and stuff later but Mm-hmm. they're they're not seeing eye to eye on some of this stuff and uh melos we see kind of conspiring with Otto on a few occasions uh we see him conspiring i think he's later talking to is it hobart he's later talking to somebody else um he's I, with I, beesbury at the wedding beesbury okay beesbury yeah. at the wedding um anyway i feel like he's i feel like he's pushing i don't know but i I don't know why, though, because I don't know even which side or who it would benefit at this point. Right. Right? Anyway, that's that. So we we do get a little bit there between uh, Lionel and Viserys talking about, um, you know, Viserys is almost regretting that he hasn't been challenged more, that he could have shown his true mettle. And Laris is like, dude. like, (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Good on Larry. Good, good, it's Lionel. Good on Lionel. 
mm-hmm. you know, like he's kind of giving him the truth here instead of just appeasing his, oh, you would have risen to the occasion and fought back all Which is what and Viserys wants, actually. To be told the truth? Yeah. He yeah. even says that you've told me the truth like you yeah. always do. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he actually says, and, uh, you know, these words coming from another lord might have been more reassuring. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's kind of saying it through grid teeth, so it doesn't seem like he appreciates it, but I think you're right. I think that's what he is, does want. Yep. I think that's why I made him hand in the first place is yeah. Laris has always given him, not Laris. I'm sorry. I keep saying that. No. Yes. Lion. No. Let Lionel. Lionel's yeah. always done that for him in the other scenes we've seen, and he appreciates that. It, it does feel to me that Lionel's maybe being even a little too honest, and that he's also playing to, he's playing Viserys a little bit. He's playing to that weakness, reinforcing, you're weak, man. You kind of are, yeah. You know? Keeping him doubting, yeah, yeah, He's unsure of himself, so that he could be maybe easily or more easily controlled. Right. right. It's almost like physically they're trying to keep him comfortable, right, and undermine decision making. And but at the same time, mentally they're trying to sow mm-hmm. these seeds of doubt and discord. Things more malleable. They can govern how they want. Waste to, away. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it is a real interesting idea, though, of is it not better to have peace than to have songs sung of you after you're dead? It's an interesting uh, question to ask. I know what the small folk would take. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no shortage of good songs. You can write songs about, you know, the maiden in the pool. You don't need you don't need a song about Viserys. But the bear and the be, maiden fair. Would, it would be nice to raise your kids in peace for 20 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great song by John Mayer, thought of called Home Life. He's mm. kind of lamenting the fact that he's famous now and kind oh. of wishing that he he kind of misses those old days of anonymity. Mm-hmm. He talks about, I'd rather go to my grave with the life that I gave, not just some melody line on a radio wave. Right? Being remembered for not just what he did, but who he was. Shades of Rhaenyra in, in the... Uh... Kingswood complaining about her. Yeah. Fight. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Crimea River girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got, Sorry, John Mayer. Go back to your yeah. Go back to your mansion and all your girlfriends and all that. <laughs> I'm uh I was just about to go back and write that hit song. Here I am alone with alone my in my principles. Or whatever. Good, yeah. that thing you do, Paul Scad. Love it. I did my best, but I butchered it for you. <laughs> yep. There he goes off to write that hit song, Alone in My Principles. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> uh and what he doesn't what he doesn't what he misses is he says that like if he he wishes he'd been in that crucible and he kind of is in the crucible right now (laughs) working through this succession thing yeah and he doesn't realize it yeah it's not Aegon (laughs) taking over the seven kingdoms but it's a it's a it's a big deal it's a it's a big and yeah it's he's in it right now like you're in it dude yeah rise to the occasion do something about it spoilers abound here if we keep going but yeah you could argue this is as important as anything Aegon did Mm -hmm. the way this is handled and the results of what not handling it properly does all right Driftmark comes King's Landing we get some opening festivities so first of all we get Malus Along I wanted a close-up of her so bad of her on the dragon. Yeah. 
we don't get it. I think we'll but, get one, but we didn't get it today. But still, mm-hmm. it was great to see her. Right. Yep. Um, they 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 do make a note in this. Nicholas made a note that they the Valerians own half of the dragons in the world. Um, which you know I don't think that's really quite right. So, in two fire and blood, but so yeah, they have four. Seems like there's fewer of them around in this than you know than in fire. Right. And, blood, but. and we might see some more come along. Yeah. We will. But, yeah. Uh, this is your weekly reminder that Jason Lannister is a douche canoe. This guy oh my sucks. gosh, that cringe joke. This guy sucks so bad. <laughs> More on that in Dragons After Dark, but he does. <laughs> and I like he approaches the king and Rhaenyra. They're sitting right there together and he addresses the king. Congratulations, your grace. You made a fine match. And then in just like stand up standing ovation for Rhaenyra moment she responds to him uh-huh. instead of the king mm-hmm. thank you I can think of no better man than Sir <laughs> Lenore to marry yes go Rhaenyra yes. get it girl get it uh he sucks he does suck Gerald Royce is interesting okay I think he's gonna be a badass I think he's gonna die badass I'm calling that Mm-hmm. that's not a projection or a, a spoiler in any way because Jared Royce doesn't exist as far as I can tell. In He's a canon. show character. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, I, I think that's excellent fodder for, <laughs> for someone to kill him. But, but I kind of like the guy. He's no nonsense. He's kind of willing to go toe to toe with Damon. Yeah. In front of the King even. Yeah. 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 More on that. But, uh, so I didn't like that all of a sudden the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard is the one who has to announce all the party goers as they enter. <laughs> it doesn't feel like Kingsguard. Uh, poor Westerling. I think I, I agree. Think I, I mentioned how much I could listen to him talk every day, and I think yeah. this was just to give him some time to just talk and for us to listen to his wonderful accent. It does a few more times. Place. So it's true. Uh, as we keep, well, spoiler, I guess. Uh, the Valerians enter. Rayanus is in black. Uh, a wonderful entrance from that whole big, big family. Mm-hmm. Um, good job. Damon. Damon then enters last. Just the balls on this guy. Well, they it's have this. To, they have it's... to add a chair for him, Matt. And adversaries is like, yeah, bring it, bring it fine, in. Just yep. get fine. I don't want to fight with him right now. But this is the same thing as Corliss not showing up to greet him at Driftmark. It's the exact same thing. Damon knows he can he come knows. into this. And if he's in front of everybody and it's his and it's Viserys' daughter's wedding, Viserys isn't gonna say a thing. Should have cut those tongues out. Yep. Leave those tongues in, you get unwanted you wedding get- guests. Damon. And results. Yep. Your wedding. Yeah, I'm just like, kick him that out. Come on. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. get, just get him out. Yep. Just get him out of there. Westerling doesn't even announce him. Yeah, just walks in and goes <laughs> quiet. Yep. The murmurs. But the party must go on, right? Indeed. And Viserys kicks things off. And then 
Boom. Yeah, the speech, I mean, the speech is nice. It's what you'd expect. It's unifying the houses, blah, 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 blah. Which, quick question. By quick, by unifying the houses, are we talking about the royal family? Because the houses are already unified. Rhaenys is married to Corlys. Targaryen and Velaryon are already together. But we're talking about the ruling Targaryen line. Are you ma- Are you baiting me, Matt? A little bit. Because you know how I feel about this whole blood bullshit. <laughs> you know how I feel about it. Almost as strongly as you feel about Kingsguard duties and responsibilities. <laughs> Almost, it's, no, it's probably stronger. <laughs> Just in case people don't know. The blood is garbage. The blood argument means nothing. Valerians have been wedding Targaryens for centuries. Forever. It doesn't, it, they've all got, they've all got dragon blood in them. All you can't untangle that family them. tree. You cannot can't untangle, untangle it. And tree. for that matter, with all the people Damon's sleeping with and everybody else is sleeping with, half of the kingdom has a drop of dragon blood in them as well. The blood argument sucks. Everyone's a Targaryen. Literally, almost everyone in the realm. So, if you go back far enough, has you're blood a, of the first men and the Andals and everybody else in there. The you're, a you're a Targaryen. You're a Targaryen. Unless you're starting to like you're take piles of blood and like measure how much different blood is in each freaking little thing. Sorry, I'll I'll stop. But I hate the blood argument. It's it better so be a stupid. pretty advanced lab to do that. And I know a lot of the magic is based in blood, and I get, I, I get the ceremonial aspect of all that, but like. yes they've already been united they've been united a dozen times in the last 130 years maybe not a dozen but a lot it's stupid stupid yeah also stupid yes the valerians are very powerful at this moment because corlys was a badass and made a bunch of money but they're not a very powerful house they can't Mm -hmm. command one fiftieth of the number of people the high towers can get or the lannisters big time i mean the phrase probably have more sons at this point, then it's stupid. Sorry. <laughs> you, you see successful baiting, Matt. Good job. Deep breath. Deep breath. Mission accomplished. Let's talk about Allison's dress. Also, sorry. I do like crap. the Valerians. I like Corliss. I like the Valerians. I like future Valerians. We've established that. Yeah. I don't hate them. I just, the are these arguments that the show is using, I don't like. Right. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Let's talk about Allison's dress because holy cow. Uh, boy, did they do that right. This is a pivotal scene in the books and nailed it. She looks amazing in it. Um, She does. And of course, there are times when the show leaves things for us to figure out on our own. Not this moment. They decided this was important enough. Yeah. We're going to have Laris explain this to his brother, Harwin. Uh, Does the beacon really grow? There's the beacon glows green when banners are being called to war, when the high towers are calling their banners to war. And did they just make that up? Because I, I didn't know that. That's in that Fire true? and Blood. It is okay. in Fire and Blood. I looked it up and reminded myself. I had I the same question. It's a, just a passing line. It's nothing like we don't see it actually in action. Right. So, But it's not, it's not mentioned in Fire and Blood as she wore the green to do that. To do that. That's yeah. what they've, they've added that component here. Right. Um, in fact, it's in, cool. the, it's in the Sons of the Dragon chapter in Fire and Blood, which right, is so way quite earlier. a bit before. We'll talk all about of this. And yeah. yeah. So, um, so, but, but nice still, poll, it's a, it's show a, writers. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Poll. It's a cool, yeah. It's a cool little reference to use. Uh, my sister to really and, slap it home for us. My sister and pseudo brother-in-law, who I watched the episode with once while I was traveling this week, 
they don't like how they had to like explain that mm-hmm. in that little one-off thing like they're like you should yeah. be doing a good enough job telling the story that we get what that means mm-hmm. without having to explain it with a little side thing i liked it i thought it was a nice touch but i thought it was nice too i think this is a significant enough moment that we do want to hammer that home and i like the way they did it so yeah it doesn't bother me yeah. at all uh allison when she gets so let's first of all Viserys, it was not lost on Viserys. He got, I think, exactly what it meant. It's yep, look on his face, yep. Alicent calls Rhaenyra stepdaughter mm-hmm. and says it in a tone that brooks no argument and gives no, gives no positive feelings. We are not friends anymore. Yeah. This the warmth is, the, is gone. The, this is the moment. It's turned, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it implies authority. You're the daughter. Yes. It's and then yeah. Yep, it's a very loaded statement. And then Viserys just trains on through. He's like, uh Second Age of Dragons is coming because we're uh, uniting the clans and everything. Well, where was and I? And Lionel, of course, is there uh, for him. Yep. That is yeah, okay. Finish the speech. Nothing changed. I will, Nothing changed. I will Nothing literally changed. be here. <laughs> Nothing changed at all with that entrance. Uh yeah. Which really, what is Viserys going to do at that point in front of everybody like that? You know, yeah, probably true. stole Dragon was the right. Was yeah, the, yeah, he doesn't have a yeah. lot of options, but right. Um, and then we get to a lovely dance scene, sure, <laughs> which is great. Um, I imagine there are people that just love these scenes, right? With all the costumes, and I bet Birdie D, Birdie D loves this one. Uh, you know, the dancing is fine. The dancing is fine. There's horny looks all over the place. They're all looking at each other hornily. Um, I didn't really get anything else out of the dancing bit, did you? Um, other than kind of along that same note, is this is more about the other characters viewing this scene than it is the actual dancing that's going on. Yes. Right? It's more about the reactions of those watching it. Pans that you see Damon's face, and you there's a lot of character building just in looking at their faces. You see Damon, you see mm-hmm. Corliss and Rainier and Rainies, mm-hmm. you see Kristen Cole, you see the King, you see Alicent, you see Joffrey Lawnmouth. Um, and it all does a little bit of character building as they are all watching these two dance. And that's pretty interesting. So those weren't all horny looks, then is what you're saying. Not all of them, (laughs) but a few of them. A few of them. Uh, There is a nice bit of chemistry, again, between Rhaenyra and Laenor. They can sit and kind of jape with each other as they're dancing. And again, this isn't true love, but it's, I think there's potential of an effective pair who are playing their outward facing roles well. Um, And you just. (sighs) Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. you know like like you said earlier like they, they grew up together like they know each other they're friendly they can they can make this work probably mm-hmm. if they're getting other things elsewhere and right it's a it's not an uncommon thing you know to like to not get everything you want in one place and you know be able Have to, to make get, the most of it i mean like just a job for instance like maybe i'm not completely i'm not even talking about myself specifically but even not completely fulfilled by my job, but I get these other things from it, right? That, right. That allow me to get fulfillment 
in other ways. I've got lots of vacation or something or right. I'm home by five every night. Car allowance and I really love cars right. or, you know, like there's lots of ways to get fulfillment that, you know. Anyway. Right. I, I like that Hobart Hightower brings up the same metaphor again of the, uh, the, the, the flowers blooming in places they're not supposed to bloom. He says to her, I had a feeling to Alicent, oh, yes. I had a feeling you might wither under King's Landing's sun, but you stood tall. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, show writers, we get it. Yeah, absolutely. The first chance Alicent gets. As soon as she can stand up and leave the table, Going to she her does. Family. And she goes to her family and is yep. like, I'm a, it's, it's almost like a, hey, I'm going to need you on this, you know? And they step up. They say, we're here for you. Right? Yeah. And maybe it's a and message proud to this series too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Um. So we get also the absolutely the first chance uh, this Royce gets. He approaches and accuses Damon. Yeah. Let's go back to Gerald here. Yeah. So this guy has no fear at all of Damon. For those that don't know, House Royce doesn't fuck around. Like they've been around a long time. They're one of the oldest families around. They got old first man blood you know they've got these runes matt was talking about that they think protect them and they don't they don't mess around and this guy doesn't either he's he wants satisfaction damon in essence says i also want satisfaction you can't just accuse me of this stuff in king's landing without getting you know without paying for it and mm -hmm. then he and then he demands a runestone which yep. is like the most baller move so i get everything right because my wife is <laughs> yeah. dead oh she died i'm so sorry to hear that I get it all, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and oh, by the way, I'm going to make my claim right after this. Right, yeah. Hope to see I'll you there. see you there. <laughs> um, I was kind of surprised no one butted in. Lionel and the king just kind of sat there and watched. The two most powerful men in the realm. Just kind of like, yeah. let's see how this thing plays out. Yeah, yeah. I, you, <laughs> I get the sense from Viserys at least. I, I don't know what Lionel's game is exactly. But... From Viserys, I just get the sense that he watches this whole evening and is just like, the realm is falling apart. I'm losing like, it all. It's it's all it's all coming down. Like everything that he sees is just bad news. And I like he just almost feels powerless to stop it, including this one little interaction. Yeah. Right, which he absolutely should have power over. Which he should be able to step in and say yeah. something at least. Right, agreed. <sighs> How about Lana? But Damon's not done. No, he's not. Yeah, Lana just kind of goes for it, doesn't she? I mean, he approaches her, but she like gave him a look across the table and then went out mm -hmm. to dance. And he approaches her. She calls him every young maiden's dream, referring to him being a dragon rider and a conqueror and all these things. <sighs> And he just says, only because you don't know me yet. Oh, they like the bad boys. Oh, they do like the bad boys, man. Um, the book weird, says... It's such a weird thing to me. But, you know, everybody likes their thing. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. The book says his eye fell upon Lord Corliss's daughter, Lana. Um, but this actually happened during a courtesy call yes. to Driftmark. Not necessarily at the wedding. And yes, I like, well, af well after the wedding, right? Yeah, I like that uh, they threw in a great line from the book, but in a different way. Uh, 
Damon says to Lena, has anybody ever told you you're nearly as pretty as your brother? And Mushroom says that in his history in Fire and Blood. So he wrote that Lena was almost as pretty as her brother. So That's funny. Great poll. Again, good show point. writers. Yeah, good yeah. job. Uh, you have anything else on the Lana Damon stuff? It seems like no. they're, you know, they're teasing something. Seems like. Then we get Joffrey, a night of kisses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so Joffrey's talking with Leonor. He's sharp. He's put put it together. He's figured out that Kristen is is Rhaenyra's squeeze, right? Yes, just from the horny looks. He's just put it together, right? <laughs> you know, I guess I guess to hide that that look of I'm not going to use it to hide that look. He should have worn his helm, I guess, like all the rest of the King's Guard. What the hell's the deal with that? Put your damn helmet on. That's a that's a that's a that's a show choice. We want us to see his reactions and feelings. Listen, if Mandalorian can put fucking Pascal in a helmet forever and never show us his face, I think we can deal with not being able to see whoever the what the fuck is this guy's name? Sir Kristen uh, Frankel, baby, Sir Kristen Frankel. Yes. Crispin, actually. Crispin, Sir Crispin Blankstruck. Mm-hmm. That's my new nickname for him that I can't say. Sir Crispin Blankstruck. Because <laughs> there's alliteration that I can't use in it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that, Sked. Um, I, I don't not love the idea of Joffrey coming up and talking to Kristen. And being like, hey, this is basically going to be a four-way relationship here. Like, we're all in this together. So, you know, you and I are kind of in this whole thing, too. Let's let's partner up on this, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The, this is, this little mini scene with Joffrey and Kristen is the main reason I don't like, that I don't like this scene. I don't get what he's doing. <laughs> right like if you want to have that conversation okay have it in private not at the wedding not at the wedding yeah he was in front of everyone yep not like i don't think timing is really an issue right now like what what is his what's he trying to accomplish here really yep and i think that's maybe to to show a little bit of his character that he's impulsive Mm. you know that they, we saw it on the beach scene that he's kind of a smart a a little bit he's kind of obnoxious and sarcastic and i think that's part of his uh character but i agree wait till later have the conversation it's not yeah. a bad idea for you two to get on the same page and yeah he also yeah. has no idea that Kristen is a ticking emotional time bomb right like point. i said in his defense he didn't say anything that that's that ins- incensing Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he didn't say anything that would anger any human I know, right? Right. I know this secret. You know this secret. Let's let's protect the people we love. Yeah. Protect the people we love, and this will be great. I mean, he's whispering it. It sounds conspiratorial. Maybe Kristen's really dumb. I don't like. Maybe he thought it was a threat. I guess. I don't know. I can't put together why Kristen did any of this. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm hoping you can well, explain it to me. Humanity doesn't always make sense, for sure. Shows yeah. should. Shows should. They, they should. You're telling me a story. You don't want to tell me a story and be like, 
nah, we decided to not make, make that part not make any sense. And yeah. I disagree with that. I like to okay. see humanity in my stories. I like to see stuff that sometimes doesn't make sense other than to say human beings sometimes don't make sense. We do things that completely defy sense. Actually, I don't think we do that. We do, they may appear to have defied sense to others, but we do things for reasons. Mm -hmm. We always have reasons for the, thing, the things that we do. They may be deeply held reasons. They may even be reasons we, we don't really acknowledge. Explain. Right. Exactly. But exactly. there's always, they don't make no sense. There's reasons behind everything. For us, yes, individually. But then other people see that and go, oh, dude, why? That right. makes zero so, sense. Right. So, okay. So we okay. disagree on that, I guess. But well, do we want to get to that now or at the part where they actually start fighting? Uh, no, that's fair. Uh, you're right. Stay on target. Stay on target. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's clear through this interaction that Kristen is fuming. Like, he looks angry. For sure. For sure. Uh, we get yeah. Rainier and Harwin dancing. Yes, I noticed. They're, you know... For a minute. Rain for a minute. Rhaenyra has made this connection with Cole that's maybe burned up she still has this understanding available to her so let's find a new new target maybe Look at options yeah let's we'll start swiping <laughs> just start swiping uh and then just a, one final note we um we mentioned the word realm falling apart they're just kind of like ripping food there are several quick shots of them just like ripping food apart and stuff uh yeah the series it's especially like metaphor for the realm yeah. too like it's just being ripped apart right it's like, like he's cutting a brick sometimes he's yeah. just like sawing at this food and yeah it reminded me a little of the messiness of denethor and uh two towers mm, as well. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nice yeah um you get these drums almost like ominous like they're going to battle almost the music is very percussion based mm -hmm. uh viserys's gross eating was my note <laughs> yeah it is gross because it's like he's like pawing at it with his three good fingers on his bad hand. Mm -hmm. It's gross. <laughs> and then we get this interesting exchange where Damon and Rhaenyra are flirting with each other in front of everybody. I mean, full on touching the face stuff. Like it's weird. Was she partially serious in her take me away claims, or was that her just? poking him saying you could do this right you always say you can do whatever you want so take me away do it do I, it i think so we've come a long way since that pleasure house right rainier has has achieved some sexual agency she's in a sense seized it right i mean she owns Big she time. owns that part of her to the point where she's made a marriage contract that requires it right Big time um she i think she's been awakened a little bit i think she does like damon i think i think this is this scene is meant to show us that they are into each other that was not just damon lusting for the throne you know there is real interest sexually and there's real interest lifestyle wise they think they're a fit and i think rainier is trying to get back to him a little bit for what he did in the pleasure house by doing a similar thing to him that she did that he did to her right right yeah. tease him a little bit yeah tease him lead him on lead him on because it's Play obvious it that yep he wants her and he can't have her mm -hmm. he's a man who's used to getting what he wants she knows mm -hmm. that 
Yeah. Yeah. I see and that. He too. asks, he literally asks her to marry him at her own wedding feast. Like this dude has zero shame at all. Like, yeah. It's yep. it's an obvious Targaryen mating ritual. Yep. D- does he does he does he kiss her here? Viserys is like no. looking through the crowd and like he grabs her by the face I mean it's like close. It yeah. It's the he, type of it's the type of scene that could be on the front of on like a movie poster yeah. or something. Their heads yeah, are together yeah. and his hands like kind of along her jaw or whatever. Yeah. So then before yeah. it can happen, whether you believe it was gonna happen or not, and whether he was gonna free his sword and go kill the king's guard like Rhaenyra suggests or not. Before that go. can happen, we get a brawl that turns into an execution, essentially. And yeah. I've only just now put together, maybe, like, is that why he did it? Did he, see, did he, he's also watching this whole thing play out. Does mm. he see Damon and Rhaenyra connecting like this and just lose it and just takes it out on the last dude that he interacted with? Because he knows he can't take it out that on could have added to it. That could have added to it. I think... I like that. And I hadn't thought of that. And I think it could be part of it. I think it's, it's a lot of things that have just been simmering and bubbling and finally exploding. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's been a ball of pure nervous energy since mm-hmm. the chat with Alicent when it all got out. Yeah. And it's like, Oh crap, she knows. And then you mentioned, could it be that Joffrey, he thought Joffrey was a bit of a threat. I think that too, it's like, Oh, somebody else knows too. Yes. Right. It's not just Alicent. It's somebody else oh man, what if he tells some other people about this? And that's where he, the combination of, no, he can't tell anybody, this night of kisses can't tell anybody, and all this angst and frustration and just all the emotions he's been feeling, all of that comes together into him making a choice that to everybody else makes zero sense, mm. but to him even if he's not acknowledging it was the choice that he could make at that moment was wipe this guy out. Um, but I do think it was a bit of, I'm annoyed at this guy anyways. He's close to me. He's the one I'm going after. There is no perfectly fit explanation for him doing what he did though. And I think that's intentional. I think I agree. I hate it, but I Mm -hmm. think I agree. Uh, I guess they've just set Kristen up to be, well, I mean, maybe they've set him up just to be a powder cake. Maybe that's it. But everything Mm -hmm. that they've given us so far with him is, you know, he's lower class. He doesn't have any advantages. Like he doesn't have, he would know that him doing this to someone is beyond the, like, he's not going to get any forgiveness or he doesn't have a powerful family to like weigh in and be like, oh, let's give him another chance. Let's, you know, like, Mm-hmm. This should be, I mean, he should be executed for this, right? Yeah, we'll get to that for sure. <laughs> I mean, get to it where and when. Well, okay. Yes, we can get to it right now. But I was, you were making a point about Sir Kristen and that well, he doesn't really have anywhere. So I wanted you to be able to finish that oh. before we move into what the consequences should have been for his actions here. Well, I guess just wrapping back to, you know, there wasn't really a reason that made sense to anyone but him it feels like the way they've set him up is that he wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense to him either as an action. 
that's an action before sure. he was a king's card member would certainly get him killed mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense and he cherished that white cloak so much and he did mm -hmm. i mean it, maybe he already thinks that's in the rearview mirror like that's gone i ruined that but i don't know it's it kind of that same makes sense it's it's Good. that thing where you you mentioned before you know having a bad day at work or something and you end up being having a shorter temper with your family afterwards which yeah. and in your mind you're like i shouldn't be reacting yeah. this way to my family but right. emotions are powerful man like you you do that and you suddenly all of a sudden you're making mistakes that you normally wouldn't make and this is amplified times ten thousand, right besides yeah. just a normal give it a little snippy remark to your kids but <laughs> punching someone's face into a pulp, pulp but yeah. uh which it's literally what it was it was such a gross scene but it was it was very much a yeah it was crazy and um we've already said it so the king consort too he punches the king consort so which, yeah i mean that's Let's a major 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 family member he he takes out lenor uh valarian um he's sitting there beating someone up in the middle like no one stops him mm -hmm. that's another crazy thing to me everyone watches yeah you've got all the king's guard there I'm assuming you see a bunch of them anyways. So one there's... of them is causing the action. Matt. Right. <laughs> You've got six more. Leave two with the king. You've still got four yep. that could get in there and stop things. You've got household guards, the Targaryen guards and everything that could be stopping this. Yeah. Why are we letting them fight? Why are we letting them do this? Yeah. I, I think we're meant to believe that the chaos of the scene and the crowd of people dancing got in the way to such a degree that nobody could get there. That no one was really could, could do anything about sure it. of what could happen. Okay, I can maybe well, see that. Well, the Kingsguard that. are all like on the outskirts. All the people right. are in the middle dancing. And then there's just, just chaos and everybody's being shoved around and nobody can get there in time. But they didn't show that. They didn't show any Kingsguard trying to get there to stop it or anything. Right. I mean, all, they, all they, show Harwin. they show Harwin getting in there to rescue Rhaenyra. Which is which, great. Lionel yep. just gives him the little nod and Harwin's like, he like shrugs and he's like, here we go. Yeah. He goes do in this. and takes care of business. I love do that. this. <laughs> and then, and then after he's done and after things quiet down and after it's apparent what he'd just done, there's mm -hmm. this faceless dude lying there. Mm -hmm. He's allowed to just leave just and go wherever. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Like Westerling at least should have been like, hold on a minute. Whoa. Like just wait a minute. <laughs> We got to go write this down in the book. Let's figure this out. You know, like oh it did, it's gosh. it's this scene bothered me a lot. It was it was bothersome. I agree. I mean, the whole wedding scene. <clears throat> this this part of the scene mm -hmm. bothered me mm -hmm. a lot. Yep, I agree. Um, in the book, uh, this well, this this the scene that this scene was based on was actually part of the melee. Mm -hmm. to celebrate the wedding so the yeah. wedding um king viserys in the show announces that there's going to be seven days of celebration and everything in the book that actually happens they have the seven days of celebration right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's a tourney and all this stuff and during the melee of the tourney cole it says fought in a black fury and we certainly see that here he actually fought harwin strong mm -hmm. i don't know if that's a spoiler because I mean, maybe that could happen. Hard later. to know. It feels like they're throwing yeah. it away, but they could do it a different way. Beat him up. 
but it says it was the knight of kisses who felt the fullest measure of his wrath. And it says that he didn't die on the scene. Joffrey died six days later because of the injuries sustained in his fight with Kristen. But, Which is, again, a, a strange choice. So I don't know what he's got against Joffrey. Right. Yeah. It's a weird, why, why'd you yeah. pick him to rack and stuff? It's crazy. They kind of had set Kristen up to be this almost like Lancelot type character, right? Mm -hmm. But we know how Gurm is with subverting tropes. We do. We do. A joyous celebration, the book says, had become the occasion of grief and recrimination. And that certainly happened here. So remember, I don't know, like, I told you so. But like, remember in the very first episode, but in House of the Dragon, I'm like, it doesn't make sense that all this violence is happening in this tourney. Yep. Right? It doesn't make sense. They wouldn't have, wouldn't allow this to happen with people's heirs and all these important people. And then here we have in Fire and Blood, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of very similar to what, you know. It's the Blackwood and the Bracken scene. He's, yeah, he's uh, Blackwood recently and the Bracken too. scene too. Mm-hmm. But Kristen's just wrecking these dudes in a tournament, right? And people will point out well yes it did happen look it just happened in fire and blood just happens why are you so angry about this happening scott well i'm angry because viserys's reaction to that was that he was enraged and that he i mean viserys isn't a doer right but he's really angry this happened at this tournament it wrecked the festivities he's really upset about it he made them be a part at court i think if i remember right what the ramifications were like there were he Due to those actions at this violent tourney, he made changes at court mm-hmm. that affected his family, right? It was a big deal. That's all. And here it was, okay, we're moving up the wedding to right now. Yes, yes. Uh, let's not even clear the tables. Let's yes. not even clean the blood up. They did do them the service of taking away the body, it looked like. Yeah. But uh, we're going to have a wedding. Yeah, yeah, they just do the wedding right away. Um, <laughs> the, like, didn't care too much for the wedding either way. I never do, I guess. <laughs> but um, says the man who just got back from a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful ceremony. I care about real weddings very much. Wedding <laughs> scenes in show these shows. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, and but but the more interesting part of this is they splice it in with Kristen Cole going to my favorite Godwood location yeah we get scene number uh, two in the godswood yeah at least two Mm -hmm. uh and he's about to he's about to murder himself yep he's had it he's like how can i come back from this yeah and there's a little bit of a timeline fuck up i guess it it feels like those two things are happening simultaneously but allison is in both places so it it must it must mean that the wedding happened first I'm thinking the wedding happened first. Yeah, before this. Yeah. But uh, what he was doing, it reminded me a little bit, and I don't know why I'd been reading about this and it came to mind that the samurai custom of yeah. seppuku, where it was kind of a ritualistic suicide often done during my, again, I hate to call this stuff research because Wikipedia in my reading something on Wikipedia is not research. Uh, it's reading. Um, it's, uh, it was done to restore honor, to preserve honor, capital punishment or because the person had brought shame on themselves all of which it's a good fit and apply so, to uh a good, good fit 
and it was only reserved for those who held the title of samurai, um, at least traditionally. And okay. so he, he, of course, was in a position of similar, yeah, similar warrior nobility kind of. Um, so that was that was a cool little connection there. Yeah, and you you still kind of wonder whether what his mental state was when he was doing that. We don't get any words. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it is it just that he feels like he's dishonored himself and can't recognize himself in the mirror anymore? Is it because Rainier has been taken from him? Is it because well, what what are the reasons that he's doing it? Yes. Right? But, yes. Um, yeah, maybe all of it. Yeah. Yes. It could be all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, and it's a bit of like I said, how do I come back from this? I can't. I just murdered somebody in front of everybody. In so my white cloak. Seems, seems like he got away with it just fine. In my white cloak. Seems the way to get away with it is just stand up and walk just away. Just to do it. <laughs> but it won't last, Gad. Probably not. Uh, uh, the rats feast on the blood at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, very much a, you know, I feel like a metaphor for, for Viserys. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to die. That's and his day. reign. He's not in good mm-hmm. shape. And all of the rats, all of the rest of these characters I posted on twitter a couple weeks ago they all suck they're all rats and they're all going to feast on this blood right yep i think that's meant to show that here it's it comes started. it's already here started. it comes yeah you get that in uh in uh danny's uh chapter that we just covered with uh was it with ann uh we covered the house of the undying mm-hmm. and there's that uh image that danny sees in the house of the undying where the little weasel men that are like eating the woman. The Westerosi That's meant to represent corpse. Westeros. Yeah. We get the same thing here, right? It's, mm-hmm. We've got all these different Strongs, Hightowers, Rhaenyra, Alicent. They're all, you know, anyway, no spoilers, I guess, but like, I think that's what that rat is supposed to mean. I'd agree with that. Yep. Then we get... Uh, it appears that this is the final moments that we get from these actresses yeah. uh, playing Rhaenyra and Alicent, yes. Millie and Emily. Um, Fantastic job. Both yeah. Yeah. And even their final scenes were just great. When the marriage scene, there's like that pure devastation on Rhaenyra's face. Mm-hmm. And, and it's for both for herself. And I think it's for Lenore too. She just feels awful for him. And maybe she feels, for Kristen too. There's, for, I mean, for the whole Kristen for the thing. whole event, right? Like, mm-hmm. had we done this differently, like, you know, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, and I think understatedly, Emily's final line of Sir Kristen at the very end was brilliant. Like her eyes there in that scene, she kind of had this look on her eyes of like, "Don't do it." Yeah, but it was great. It was great. An olive branch of absolution. Mm-hmm. Right? Our hearts were broken by the same person. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's the episode. That's the episode. Shall we move into our special segment? We it's very special and we Mm -hmm. should go to it. Mm -hmm. So here's here we go. Everybody turn off if uh, you are not interested in hearing book spoilers, because that's what we're going to do right now. But join us next week for episode six. Right. Episode six, yeah. So let's do it. Doom, do do do. Dragons after dark. 
Okay. Um, so, Scad, do you think, you know, obviously in the book we have the big moment of Alicent wearing the green dress, Rhaenyra wearing a black dress, and that's where we get the terms, the blacks and the greens. Now yep. we have Alicent wearing her green dress in this scene here. Well, what, what does that mean going forward for, you know, what becomes a very pivotal moment? Uh, of course, Rainier is wearing a white dress. She's getting married. You don't wear black to your, to your wedding. Yeah, that, that uh, scene in Fire and Blood, of course, takes place uh, much earlier uh, at a, I believe it's the five-year anniversary. Five-year, yeah. Of Allison's marriage to Viserys. Mm -hmm. And again, the timeline's all different uh, for all of that. But um, in, in that look, in that time, they were already fighting. And uh, yeah, Allison wore green and Rainier wore black. And so they became known as the Blacks and Greens. Quick history recap for those that didn't know. Um, so the question is, how are they going to get there? Or are they going to care to maintain that? Right. Yeah. I think they will. I think I think they'll find a way to maintain that. But it might just be as simple as you know, the next time we see them together they're in green and black. Rainier, yeah, Allison continues Something. to wear her green dresses. Yeah. Yeah, that could be it. I wondered it could, if it could be when maybe when Rainera presents her her heir. Oh, there you she, go. She comes wearing black or something. Wearing black. Uh, yeah. Could be something like that. I wondered aloud on Twitter, and I even caught some flack for it, of wondering if they would do away with the terms, the greens and the blacks all together, just because the the blacks as a term could be oh. troublesome. Um, Sorry, but black for that. Uh, I, I think that it seems like a pretty big thing in Fire and Blood, and I don't know yes. that they'll change that. So, And would, if they're making it super clear that it's about you know, it originated with colors of dresses and you pull it off. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, I really liked that they did, I mean, I don't, I don't love how they handled it overall, but there's something that I thought was weak in Fire and Blood was that when Kristen has his change of heart and stops supporting Rhaenyra, it's never really fully explained why that happened, right? We have several different POV right. suggestions, but none of them felt strong enough. In none and of the suggestions like, did Kristen and Rhaenyra sleep together. In none of the suggestions were the were the actions super spurn worthy. You know, it was like Kristen proposed. You know that they go live together, and she was just like, "No, I." You know, it seemed softer than what they did here, right? right? And it was um, just, and it was like the turn of a, it was like a new paragraph, regardless yeah. of what happened yes. from that moment on, Kristen Cole was her enemy or whatever. So despite the fact that I don't love, I, I didn't love not having what I thought was a clear reason for Cole snapping, uh, I do think they gave his turn a lot more, they made it make a lot more sense in mm -hmm. House of the Dragon. I really liked that. Which I think um, we talked about in previous episodes, so we'd be interested in seeing how they you know that. if yeah. they were able to make it emotionally powerful enough to justify him turning yeah i think they did I, it mm -hmm. worked for me, uh, me but it'll be it'll be interesting though to see now where he goes because that rage cannon he turned on was pretty strong Did, mm -hmm. is it still rage cannon or is is he just going to fall into a a new level of comfort with allison to where he's 
in the more reason, into more reasonable. Dormancy. Yeah, well, well, yeah, maybe just kind of it's <laughs> he wakes his own version of the dragon exactly every, every mean, now yeah. and again, right? But then he finds a level of normalcy with Allison. Like if you're just walking around like a a rage cannon all the time, I think it would get pretty boring. So I think he is going to find some level of normalcy with Allison. But when he pops, he pops. But then, yeah. And I wonder yeah. if if uh, Allison will find a way to absolve Kristen of what happened, you know, with her being the queen. Um, and that will yeah. bind him more to her. That she's able to work her queenly ways and say something like, Sir Kristen was, he, you know, they could make up all sorts of lies. The Knight of Kisses was planning to assassinate sure. Rhaenyra and yeah. he got to joffrey first he actually he actually saved everybody by doing what he did and by the queen's decree you know i absolved him of any wrongdoing or whatever yeah he saw joffrey pull a gun Mm -hmm. Um, exactly yeah i could also see it going a different way where she instead of being able to absolve him and kind of have him in her debt like that and make you know not not in a negative way in her debt, but in a positive way. Like he just feels like he tied to her and owes her and thankful for mm-hmm. her. I could see it being the other, that she abuses him, that she continues to make him feel guilt for everything. Oh, and she leverages that guilt to drive his action and to yeah. wake that dragon, you know, metaphorical dragon mm-hmm. uh, at her need, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. To see. Or option C, they start a little romance together. Oh, please don't. I mean, maybe, but please don't. How would that be uh, to drive that wedge even further between Alice and Rhaenyra? Ugh. Uh, gross. Mm-hmm. But I can see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I can see it. Ugh. Speaking of romance, we could be starting to see a lot more Harwin Strong. Yeah. Yep. I yeah, actually it, wonder if they will make it completely obvious that Harwin and Rhaenyra are doing it or if they'll make it kind of coy felt like from the preview we saw I don't know if you saw the preview but from the preview we saw it kind of felt like they're going to make it pretty obvious um there's a line from from uh, Allison saying, you know, having one child like this is a mistake. Having three is like a slap to the face. Or sure, something. sure. Um, and then there's there was another line about a son dishonoring his father through his actions. Mm-hmm. I think it was Lionel saying it, although I couldn't, I wasn't sure. It feels like it's going to be pretty obvious. Um, yeah, kind of like in the book, in Fire and Blood, they make it very clear that it's obvious, but they don't actually explicitly say it and i i can almost see the showrunners having harwin be more present you know he's become her personal protector he's always around people are saying things like the quote that you bring up but you never actually you know see a sex scene or something like that it's possible there are there are people in the fandom i think that don't actually believe that the strong children are are Harwins. Yeah. Um, that they think it'd be more interesting yeah. if they weren't and that it were just a story. Um, I've never delved into 
kind of how they explain all that away but i think there are people that believe that yeah well i think it's an interesting uh concept especially in regards to what you said earlier about blood and how much does that matter yes uh Damon is going to end up with Lena, of course, temporarily. Yeah. But I think, I, we kind of mentioned, I think the scene with he and Rainier has been through <clears> this, that it's, it's each other that they it's want. It's temporary. Yeah. They're, they're going to be, <laughs> I think it was K2 on Twitter. They're little star-crossed lovers. K2 a, on, a couple weeks ago on Twitter was just like, let Rainier and Damon fuck. Without them, you don't get John or Danny or anybody else, <laughs> right? And she's right. Uh, so let's yeah. just get to it people so let's just get to it uh <laughs> it's funny um but uh, but i'm i'm interested to see how fast that happens i i think i don't think it's going to be this season uh for damon and rainier damon and rainier stuff i, think I don't think so either be a season two thing yeah i don't think so either um it sounds it looks like we make quite a jump from yes. now to next episode yeah. So I wonder, will we see Damon and Lena married already and possibly with their twins? Yeah. I mean, if we've already got Rhaenyra having her kids, mm-hmm. um, it's probably possible we'll see Damon and Lena together. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if we're, mov- if we're moving to uh, ep- episode six spoilers, um, well, I guess this doesn't really call it. This is a further spoiler. We're doing our best to keep spoilers out of our coverage, but auto spoiled the whole damn show for everyone. She will need to put your boys to the sword to maintain her claim. Oh boy, here we go. Yep. I mean, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. He's told Allison that that's the case. Allison now will make all sorts of moves to make sure that isn't the case, and uh, including including killing her own kids to the sword. Yes, and taking things and oh man, sorts of things. Uh, Tyrion's prophecy mule is kicking everyone in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, but Otto spoiled the whole series for everyone today. Um, so. Parting was like, oh, we shouldn't bother with worrying about spoilers anymore. <laughs> Otto just gave the whole game away. Oh, but, boy. Thanks a lot, Otto. Yeah. Um, so you want to go to specific episode six things? Well, I got a couple little things. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> back to Jason Lannister's bad joke. This is why men wage war. Also yes. interesting that in this story, it's about two women mm-hmm. and yes. at the head of their respective factions in a war. Yes. Um, That's so. I didn't think that. I didn't think about that. On the nose, Jason. Even though you're an idiot, uh, Orwell's poultices being turned away. We talked about that mm-hmm. in the book. Grandmaster Melos dies, and actually, I wonder if we'll see that next episode, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it says, under Orwell's care, the ailing King Viserys regained some of his former vigor. Okay. And so, um, I forgot you know, that. in the scenes from next for next episode, we do see Viserys alive at least and functioning yeah. to some degree. Well, and uh, I wonder if that'll be because Orwell's taken over and he's not trying to actively kill the king. If we look at the trajectory that Viserys has been on under Melos's care, you would have to assume Straight that he would, not, he would not survive whatever gap it is that we're going to get eight to ten, eight years, ten years, whatever it is that we're getting. Viserys would not live through that. So it makes, your prediction makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the dance scene, I almost said this in the top of the episode, but it works better here. The dance was the beginning of, of the dance. The dance. Mm-hmm. So adding more gravitas to that scene. 
Um, and then finally, here's what's gross, Gab. Okay. So if Allison isn't already pregnant with Aemond yes. in this episode, mm -hmm. she might be already. Mm -hmm. And if Darion, the third son, fourth child mm -hmm. of Viserys and Allison, will appear in Fire and Blood, mm -hmm. allison has got to have sex with that gross arm at least twice. <laughs> You don't have you don't have sex with an arm, Matt. Well, actually, that's not entirely true. Uh, okay, and that's all I have to say. About <laughs> and that's that. that's all I have to say about that. Uh, yeah, I wondered. I think in the last episode, I predicted she would be pregnant with Amon uh, in this one. Doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, but you're right. Uh, that's definitely a thing that will have to happen. Maybe maybe she'll do it after he regains some of that vigor you're talking about and the arm yeah. is maybe a little bit healed. Let's hope for that. For maybe Allison's. she convinces him to put on like a sleeve or something. To yeah. Just yeah. Keep it out of sight. Uh, Do you think we'll... Go ahead. Yeah, we kind of started making some of the predictions already. Uh, do you think Kristen will be... We, we assume he's still going to be around. Do you think he'll be a Lord Commander at this point? I wonder if this was the last time we see Harold Westerling and not only is Kristen Cole still around, but he's Lord Commander too. I feel like I made that prediction last episode. It makes more sense now with the time skip. Mm -hmm. Westerling would have just died in the interim and and now we get Kristen as Lord Commander. Um, you know, based on what we just saw, an interesting choice. You know, like, do you want an unhinged dude? Who's making the choice? Like, maybe this is a evidence that Allison is really calling the shots these days right saris isn't really running the show mm -hmm. um you know with the after this time jump but having well, christian be the lord commander seems like an odd choice it does us. unless you look at it like this and now i'm putting my fourth my my story forth as if it's already canon yeah, yeah. of if they make an excuse for him and they like make this big deal out of he actually protected Rhaenyra in that right. moment. He sussed out the assassin and made sure, you know, who better to protect the queen now than yeah. this warrior of Kristen Cole, this man who is willing to do whatever it took yeah. to protect yep. the royal family. That could do it. I don't know if Sarah will believe that story. No, but, but, but we all know how. Well, I just mean if, if he's the one that appoints the lord commander but actually is that even how it works do they appoint each other i don't know no the king doesn't king doesn't yeah um yeah i think Dam i think damon will will wed Lena. i think a fourth episode in a row i think Lena is gonna mount vagar i'm calling it again i think we'll see vagar gotta yeah. happen give it yeah. to the people we want it <laughs> give it to the people but uh, then we also have amond coming in with it you know so yeah but he'll be a babe Right, he'll be. Think so. I well, oh, that's a good point. Right, so this is where the timeline gets fucked. Right, so in the next episode, Damon has to wed Lena, probably. Right, we're skipping ahead ten years. I think they're They've already have married. Their own, you think they're already going to be married and have kids, have their kids, right? I think, I think so. Yeah. So we're going to skip that wedding entirely. I think so. It's just going to have happened. Yeah. Oh, I wed Lena seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have their twins. Uh, 
Leanna could have mounted Vagar then in that same time. We just skip it and we just have it. But that would suck. That would suck, but I, I think you're right. Amon is going to put, if they jump 10 years, Amon's going to be like eight, eight years old. He claims, he claims Vagar at 12 or something. We've got to squeeze land and then his death in there somewhere. I don't know if we'll have the uh, fight where he loses his eye in this next episode, or if that'll be a tuple, uh, or if that'll be a tuple, a two episodes away. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think think it'll happen. Seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. So they may they may squeeze Lana and Vagar in this episode to then yeah. hold off on one more for Amon to do it. But yeah. We gotta get these yeah. things in, guys. We gotta get these things in. We gotta get them all in. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it we'll says Rhaenyra mostly lives on Dragonstone. Uh, I wonder if we'll see that or if she'll they'll keep her just in King's Landing, just to be able to keep that tension between her and Alicent kind of constant. It's mm, a good question. I think she'll be on Dragonstone. Think so? I think so. He said Rhaenyra would mostly stay on Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. Leonor would stay on Driftmark. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would come together to appear at events and things right. like that. Right. So um it's, it'll be interesting to see where the strong Targaryen conflict goes. Um, you know, the strong still kind of playing it, mm-hmm. playing it coy, you know, I guess to get really harwin's kids on the throne i guess um but uh, you know eventually they gotta take they gotta take more action take a side i think yeah i mean at least i think the show will do that more than the books did right it's interesting lionel kind of ends up in the position of Otto of like yeah yeah being the hand of the king and trying to set his kids up his own yeah or not his kids but his progeny yeah um one thing that the preview gave out gave away is that uh, Stepstones are back, baby. Are we Here we go. Rikalio Rindune. That would be that would be a cool little thing. Of awesome. course, I was like, I didn't think they would. I predicted that they yeah. would just eat that. The crowd feeder. Yeah. But you know, maybe they do. That's that's kind of where this goes. Uh, said something's happening there. Right. They bring up the Stepstones. Um, yeah, I wonder if we'll see Damon and his stuff at the Vale. Although I kind of think they'll just gloss over it. In the Vale, in, oh, in the book, it, Damon goes to the Vale, and Lady Jane, who he mentions on the episode, real quick, she rebuffs him and warns him that his presence in the Vale is unwelcome. Welcome, kind of banishes him forever from there. I think you could see that, but it it feel it feels like if they're if we're going to miss the wedding and we're going to miss the mounting of Vagar and everything, it feels like we'll just miss that too. And we'll have yeah, to just I think so. In position. Right. It'll be really interesting. I mean, they're going to almost have to do just like they did the very first episode. They're almost going to have to do like a little, a little quick lore dump of what happened in these 10 years or eight years or whatever it is. Right. It'll be real interesting to see how they do that and who gives it and mm-hmm. all that. It'll be interesting to maybe see that resentment between the Valarian and Targaryen boys or strong boys, I should say, or shouldn't yeah, say. It's too bad we don't get to see those the young actors build toward that. That would be yeah, really cool. To it see. would be really cool. But I get it. Yeah. But yeah. okay. Yeah. I think those are my those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts too. I think I'm good. Okay. Shall we sign off? Uh yep. We should.
You should. Um, <laughs> this is go if you want me to go first. This is Matt signing off saying uh when you're at a Westerosi wedding, follow the lead of Lyman Beesbury and Grandmaster Melos. And at the first sign of trouble, just GTFO. Uh, this is Gad signing off and saying that if you're in charge of a giant, a giant spectacle of an event, so much so that there are going to be seven days of feasting and jousting and probably food vendors, try to keep in mind those that have government contracts with you to sell little roast chickens or churros during the tourney because they bought all the chickens already. I was going to make their year and now it's canceled and their life is ruined. You moving that wedding up to tonight ruined like dozens of people's lives. I just want, I just want that to be remembered. That's all. Thanks a lot for that. Maybe, maybe find a different reason to still have a tourney. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Can't we just keep the tourney at least? Can we just, we, yeah, can we just... We moved up the, the wedding, but the tourney's ready to go. Let them all eat the chicken? Yeah. And the little churros? Let the guys joust. You know, they're here. Good point. Anyway, that's it. Great point, as usual. All right. <laughs> Good night, Kalisar. Really